A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
from the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for The Big Show. This is the one we've been waiting to deliver to you guys. You guys have been waiting to hear from us. This is the Four Center review, reaction, breakdown, and thoughtful discussion about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. We finally have all had a chance to see it several times, and we are here to dive in to what the movie meant, what it did, what it didn't do, all those good things, and with me is General Hux himself, Joseph Scrimshaw, <laughs> and Jennifer Landa. <laughs> happy, happy beeps. Happy, happy beeps. beeps. Happy beeps. Happy, happy beeps. beeps. Yeah, for, for people who have not studied our pictures, uh, people yes. think I look like General Hux, which is not necessarily a compliment. <laughs> if you said I look like Domhnall Gleeson, fine. Fine. But if you look like a ginger space Nazi, not yes. necessarily a compliment. Not but, necessarily, but... But uh, it's undeniable. Yes. It's undeniable. It is. Uh, and uh, wow. All right, guys. Uh, we, we have a format. We're going to follow it. We're going to get into this. Uh, we all had a chance to see it, so... Uh, first, I want to just talk about the, that initial phase after seeing it the first time, Jennifer. Oh my gosh. I had to wipe away many dear, tears. Uh, I, I just was so happy. This is, this is the movie that I've been waiting for. I loved The Force Awakens. I enjoyed Rogue One. But to me, this felt like my Star Wars mm. was, I don't want to say back, but mm. it was what I had been waiting for. And, uh, and, and, and that's from the first view and you were in, right? Very first. The, Even the first scene, after the first scene, I was like, I'm, I'm strapped right. in, I'm ready to go. That's going to be a point and a theme that comes through a lot of discussions about The, the Last Jedi, Joseph, is that first screening. Yeah. And what your feelings were. Yeah, and I think I was in the same place as Jennifer's because I am so obsessed with Luke Skywalker and always have mm. been. And yeah. we had these two great movies in the new Star Wars era, but this was finally... I kept reminding myself, no matter what happens, I'm going to watch Luke Skywalker yeah. have a story mm-hmm. in yeah. Star Wars again. Yeah. Uh, and my, my first reaction was I was just set back on my heels by how bold and complex the film was. Mm-hmm. Certainly like how uh, aggressive the comedy seemed at first. Yeah. Even though I liked all of it, I was just surprised by how uh, aggressive it was. And then just how complex the film was, just mm-hmm. layer after layer and just a lot of, I think, great and purposeful subversion of mm. what Star Wars has been, subversions that also support what it has been. So it's like this very yes. twisty, complex thing. Yeah. So I loved it the first time, yeah. but left the theater thinking about the big ideas, but also just sort of uh, reacting, yeah. uh, uh, just a hard time catching my brain. <laughs> catching my brain is a good way to phrase it. Uh, yeah, and I'm in the same boat of you guys. Uh, sure, I, I was fortunate to see it at the premiere, but that's just a large press event. Don't let that secret. It is just there. A lot of press people there, and we all had kind of the same reaction. That was the most different Star Wars film we've ever seen, and I knew I was on board with it, but I had to process. I really was dazed and confused about what I saw, but I was. I, there was too many things in it I knew I loved immediately. Yes. And, and, and I, was, I knew in the Force Center way, was going to work through anything I didn't have uh, <laughs> the same joy for, and that's been the case. And we have all been fortunate enough to see it again. So uh, let's dive right on in here. And, and there is, there's a lot put forth. We're going to go into the themes, like I think only we can do here on Force Center. And if you're relatively new to Force Center because you've uh, joined the conversation with Star Wars hype at its uh, peak uh, point on the uh, on the Star Wars Richter scale, uh, we, we love breaking down things. And, and if you didn't like this movie, you didn't uh, uh, find the, the same themes in it. That's fine. We love having that conversation about it. We love doing that. We won't point fingers. 
don't don't point fingers back at us. All right. <laughs> Though I think finger at some point, zone. finger free zone. At some point, I think we're gonna have to discuss of of there is with undoubtedly a a weird reaction going out there. Cinema scores are up. Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff's down. A lot of a lot of times that doesn't mean as much as you would like to think because uh, only Cinema Score confirms that you've seen the movie before you vote. Um, so uh, I think we'll discuss that and we'll break that down. I think also in other episodes we want to talk about the Last Jedi now. So let's start with our major likes what grabbed you what moved you what were the moments right from the beginning and even other viewings got you or my case i cried more on the third viewing than i did the first and second so joseph i'll I'll start with you here where did you really really take a liking to yeah well i'll just say that my weepo meter was about the same for both of the viewings i've had so far which i think Mm. is a, a strong thing so i like that the main thing I liked uh, walking out of the first film, uh, yeah. the first viewing of the film, more than anything, is Luke's victory. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to see Luke have a hero moment. Yeah, I was on the fence about whether I needed him to like have his green lightsaber and do all these very traditional things that we expect. But right. what I really wanted is a hero moment and to see that he is truly a Jedi Master of the Force in yeah. unbelievable ways, and to have him have this victory that is clever. And mm-hmm. inventive, and this yeah. brilliant answer to a question that Luke has been asking, and a lot of our pop culture stories have been asking of, how do you possibly fight back without just being another murderer, mm-hmm. without yeah. just being violent? And he, mm-hmm. he comes with his solution in Return of the Jedi that he's just going to throw his lightsaber aside and trust in his father, yeah. or he's going to die and so be it, this triumph of pacifism. Right. And he's totally lost his way on that. And for him to come back with this idea of, I will project the illusion of what everyone in the movie right. and everyone outside of the movie thinks Jedi Master Luke Skywalker should be. Mm. Right. The guy standing in front of the whole force First Order with his <laughs> laser sword, just like he yeah. mocks. Yeah. And the fact that he does it all and it still is a massively powerful, cool use yeah. of the Force, but it is inventive, it is clever, it is pacifism, and it is just triumphant. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Well said. It is It is your cake, and uh, not just the frosting, too, but it is uh, uh, the cake and a lesson yeah. <laughs> as well. <laughs> Jennifer, uh, some big moments for you? I loved how Ryan Johnson really went full throttle with Everything. So it's like, you know, I thought, oh, are we going to like the porks? Yes, we, we not only love the porks, well, I love the porks, but we get yeah. the close up of the porg, you know, <laughs> crying with this adorable face. Lip quivering. Yeah. And then like the humor. It's like, okay, I'm going to sprinkle some humor, but I'm going to really push that even further. So I loved how he continually pushed the envelope throughout the film. And it seemed like he was enjoying it and having fun with it. Yeah. Not even though obviously he has this tremendous respect for Star Wars, the franchise. It was a kind of a playfulness, if you will, yeah. that I really appreciated. I loved that we got Luke Skywalker's incredible storyline. I thought Mark Hamill, I mean, can somebody just give him an Oscar? That was, <laughs> yeah. what a performance. They're, they are going to campaign for a uh, lead actor. But I hope so. See if, he gets, see if he gets a nomination. Gosh, yeah. it was just, I mean, he just was so likable. You understood where he, where he was coming from, why he would want to run away. I was so happy with Leia's storyline mm-hmm. as well. It was a beautiful story arc. I'm obviously yeah. sad we won't see her in nine. But. Yeah, and, and that, that raised some questions. And, and that's yeah. actually one of the things I really loved about 
the movie. There's there's these beautiful moments. I I could talk about uh, Emmeline Holdo's uh, sacrifice, and I might start crying. And 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 that is one of the most breathtaking moments in all yeah. of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It, that stayed with me. It still stays with me. The Luke, uh, the ending of Luke. He, uh, we're going to talk more about that, but it, but. It was the ending I didn't know I wanted, and, yeah. and yes. that's something that you hear a lot about describing this movie. So, therefore, I think the thing I love more than anything is that Ryan Johnson, who I know is a Star Wars fan, who respects us and and looked at this and said, "All right, what do I want to do with this?" The ball's handed off to me, literally on top of this hill by J.J. Abrams. Yeah. I there's a quote from the late great Rowdy Roddy Piper, the greatest wrestling heel of all time, said who who famously said, "Just when they think they have the answers, I change the questions." And I really think. Mm-hmm. That's what Ryan Johnson did with this movie. We're going to talk about what that means for Star Wars media discussion and maybe what, where we fans kind of, us too, can get swept up in this, that means this, and we know it all. Yeah. And this movie said, you don't try to enjoy the fact that you don't. Yeah, you know what, what Jennifer, when you were descri- describing playfulness mm-hmm. from Ryan Johnson, I think that's really what it is, is sometimes to use uh, the, the Star Wars action figure uh, metaphor, sometimes we kind of collect Star Wars and we keep the action figures pristine and put them on their wall. Yes. And I feel like this whole movie was Ryan Johnson going, I'm going to rip those packages <laughs> open. I'm going to give yeah. uh, Dengar's blaster to Boba Fett just to see what would happen. Yeah. It, he, he was, it's just playful and fast moving. And mm. I think if anybody has only seen the movie once and was yeah. set back on their heels by the humor, and it, it's bold and some of it's like mm-hmm. very uh, uh, broad, yeah. uh, that my experience, and we were talking off air, that it really, it tones down it, it on really, the second viewing. So if what you really didn't like, and yeah. you think, I don't like The Last Jedi because it was too wacky, mm-hmm. watch it again. Yeah, I mean, for me, early on, I didn't take to the Hux Poe phone call, and I didn't necessarily like the way Luke tossed over his lightsaber. I could still maybe have seen that gone a different way, but those things stood out to me. Um, as well as some other little jokes here and there. Uh, Canto Bite we'll talk about as well, but BB-8 on Canto Bite was my favorite. But the second time around, yeah, immediately, you just weren't concerned about that anymore because you knew where you're going so you could get invest, invested into other things. Mm-hmm. Right, Jennifer? Mm-hmm. Did you laugh all the way through? I did. And remember, I think on a previous episode, I was not so sure about that slapstick porg on the window. Yeah. I laughed out loud. <laughs> I cheered. You know, I, I knew that in the, in the moment, it would be a different story. Yeah, I mean, because you know, again, we all went into this, not, not necessarily us three, but a collective general royal we, we are going to get a dark chapter of Star Wars, just like Empire Strikes Back. Have you watched Empire Strikes Back lately? Yeah. The comedy is probably most prevalent in there. I think Jedi has more of the goofy comedy. Yeah. Han Solo tapping on 3PO, the burps and all that kind of stuff. But this movie reminded me a lot of the Empire comedy. It just was front and center a little bit more. Yeah. And I'd say one of my other big likes is that the comedy is you used almost exclusively from character perspective mm-hmm. and to support ideas and themes. Like from yeah. the get-go, I was like, all right, the, the Poe call with Hux is funny. And then I was like, oh, no, are they taking it too far? Even right. while I was laughing intellectually, I was saying, like, are they taking it too far? Right. But it utterly tees up, I think, one of the main ideas of the movie that we'll talk about more is that the villains are hollow and dumb. Yeah. yeah. They, it, and it's, right. not, it's not lessening Hux's character. Right. It is showing us his true character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he doesn't have anything more than just he's just a, a beaten down yeah. guy with a bunch of bad father figures who just want to take it out on the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of that broad humor with Poe so easily able to push his buttons 
is telling us the story of this character. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and there is some great stuff with Hux because in the in the first movie, and you know, I you know, I make fun of it all the time. And on which we stand, that big speech on the yeah. Starkiller base was over the top, and there's some great exposition in that stuff. That's why I like that scene now. But Hux was. They they kind of confirmed who Hux was, which yeah. like stuff you just said. Plus his father, if you want to get sweaty into the bubble, his father Brendel Hux was this pudgy, messy, not respected imperial officer who just happened to survive. And and uh, you know Hux pompous and vain, pompous and vain. And uh, Hux says that. And then I love one of my favorite performances is uh, gosh, I got to look up his name. Uh, Mark something, Mark Lewis something is Captain Kennedy, the the captain of the Dreadnought. Yeah, it's oh. one of my favorite performances in the movie because it shows you that oh hux is that stupid boss who was placed here by his father who he then kills his father because he thinks he's better snoke's even using him for some tool and, and captain kennedy just going we should have launched the tie fighters five minutes ago like we should have done five minutes ago yeah. and even that gets right into the theme that is another huge theme it's dynasty it's yes like, is mm-hmm. dynasty important so all of that le- all of that what looks like on the first glance is like Oh, yeah. Poe doing a prank phone call for five minutes yeah. is the meat of the movie. Yeah, it's ab- ideas. Absolutely. And so uh, one of the things I like I want to discuss, too, is, you know, you guys know, I sometimes like my wars more than I like my lore when it comes to Star Wars. There were some fantastic battles, and I love the opening battle. It carried weight. It had this this bittersweet uh, feeling, the way they shot resistant gunner Paige's oh death, <laughs> which we knew oh Paige God. wasn't going to last for long. A long time. Yeah. Um, but I, that opening sequence, and I, as a fan of like, say a movie, uh, Memphis bell and, and, uh, uh, world war two, I'm not, it, I don't, it's weird. I always find it weird when you're like, oh, I'm a fan of World War II movies. It's like it's a horrible, horrible thing. But I love the, uh, I love the look inside of it, and analysis, and how, uh, and and the realistic take on some of these battles. And this one reminded me; these bombers reminded me of Memphis Bell, reminded me of some of the the losses of life inside these cool exploding spaceships. And you got to see it up front and center, and what it meant. And that sequence is a is a is one of my favorites. Is, is Paige being one of the greater heroes of the, of the galaxy right now, and having this little moment that was shot so beautifully. Beautifully, with so much tension. Right then, I was like, the joke I was still rattling around in my head, going, yeah. all right, did I like it? Did I not like it? What's going on? But then right here, I'm like, this is one of the best Star Wars battle sequences I've seen. That yeah. you know? scene with Paige, because we knew she was going to die. And I was like, we oh, did. she's going to get gunned down. At least blah, she got blah, a figure. Blah. Right. Yeah, right. I got exactly. her figure sitting out on my kitchen table. And every oh. time I've walked by, I'm like, I'm so sorry, Paige, but I'm glad I have your action figure. <laughs> but that scene was so powerful. Also because seeing a woman of color yeah, yeah. having this incredible moment. I choked up not just because of the incredible performance that she gave, but what it meant to see that, that yeah. type of, uh, of a character. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I love Star Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. And it's a great sacrifice. And you, you yes. also in the moment know that this is a great sacrifice and also hubris because we already get a sense that that's this was a bad idea. That's postpart. my favorite word. Yes. Hubris is my favorite word. Yeah. And, and my girlfriend always <laughs> jokes at me, you use that word a lot. And then Luke Skywalker used it twice. So I was like, yeah, because it's a good word. Life yeah, uses did. that word a lot. <laughs> Life <laughs> uses that word a lot. And Jennifer, you mentioned, I think we would be remiss if we, we didn't mention this. And I, I, I failed to on my other uh, reviews and I, I felt bad about it. This movie did really have a great amount of diverse casting up front and center star wars continues to improve upon what they did and that's a, that's a great thing it's very it's very noticeable in the best possible way right oh now. my gosh i was like 
like it it didn't take me out. It was just like, oh, cool. This looks mm-hmm. like my world. And right. that was really exciting. Of course, right. I've seen people on the opposite side who were like, sure. what's up with all this? Sure. Women sure. and we children. Need, we need and... more aliens, too. Right. No. Yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, I love that moment with Poe trying to talk to Holdo. She's like, thank you very much for explaining that to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a great. Yeah, yeah. No was more. Great. No post explaining. <laughs> post explaining. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, oh, um, so any other major likes? I, I, we can talk yeah. about some stuff. I mean, I, my, my list is endless. So I'll try to yeah. keep it short. But one of the ones I really want to talk about, because I think it is a, a controversial one, is uh, Leia using the force. Mm. has long been on my list of things that I really want to see. And, mm-hmm. you know, this movie has the added weight of this is probably the end of Leia's story. Right. Mm-hmm. So the last opportunity. And crawling into that Star Wars bubble, Ryan Johnson has set up in books. He had her use the Force a little bit in Bloodline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. She does a little bit in Leia, uh, Princess of Alderaan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so he set up, it's been set up in the books, and I won't be a whole in the books guy this whole podcast. Sure. Uh, but <laughs> but it, I love now that this has that, uh, Star Wars fandom has that now, like Game of Thrones does. Yes, right, absolutely. Right. But it, it, she has been set up of like, uh, that power is intrinsic to being a Skywalker. It is in her blood. Right. She never is interested in training, but it comes out when it is life or death. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it it's, it supports really this uh, also this idea that the the force is just everywhere. You can train in this rigid Jedi religion way, but the force is just sort of uh, this natural presence. And I love that Leia can call to it when she truly needs to. Mm. And right. I think it has such great power. Like it, it could have been that you know she used the force to knock down a bunch of walkers, right? But I love it as just like she got blasted out of her ship, and what? she hadn't finished passing on what she has learned yeah. to others in that hand reaching out of just like, I'm not done mm-hmm. is so powerful. And I've seen some people like they don't like it because they think it looks weird that Leia flies or whatever. But for me, like, great. It's bold and new. The action yeah. figures are out of the package. I want my Leia action figure with force action. My, my <laughs> Leia, I'm not done. I won't leave the ship. I am flying back to safety. Right. And I have that power. Mm-hmm. It was one of the moments that I needed to kind of course correct myself on between the first and second viewing because the moment is spectacular, right? And the music, by the way. Oh, the music. You yeah. haven't had a chance to, to oh, purchase the soundtrack or listen to the soundtrack out, outside of the movie. Um, that that particular sequence is, is beautiful. It's, it, it's so the moment I was like, yes. And when she opens her eyes and the hand goes out, yes, yes, yes. I was, I was like a little bit like the Wicked Witch of the West, like flying in. And so the second time I had to just be like this, this moment in time, what we've been waiting to see from Leia is a different kind of force. use. like, she didn't pick up, pick up a lightsaber and start fighting. It was something bigger. Uh, and I've heard people compare it to like, you know, if, if Plagueis could create life and here's Leia almost saving her own life that would make her even more powerful than some of the other Jedi's we've known and worshipped so uh, that that carries so much weight now and if you had a problem with it I, I'll admit I was one of the ones who was like I don't know um, we'll see it again see it again for the first time take it in from a new <laughs> yeah. point of view because mm. it really it really is a, a it's one of Leia's best moments it just uh, you know they, they it Looked a little weird at first, and if you're on your heels, like Joseph, you keep saying that term, on your heels, that, that really describes some of the first viewing aspects. Uh, I, I preached to you. I beg of you. Take another look at that <laughs> How scene. How did you feel about that Leia moment? Uh, 
Yeah, the, um, I really allowed the emotion to just kind of overtake me because in that moment when we see her, I was like, no, this cannot be what they're doing with her storyline and, and killing her off at this moment. It was just too, it was almost too real. Yeah. And it was really upsetting. And then you hear the, the Princess Leia theme and I'm like, yeah. good Lord, yeah. <laughs> I did not bring any tissues. Yeah. And and then it was like what I, what I think a lot of us, oh God, I don't want to get emotional, but what a lot of us get were feeling, what a lot of us were feeling like, Last year when we found out what happened with Carrie yeah, Fisher. Yeah. And that was that moment, seeing her like resurrect herself. It was so beautiful mm-hmm. that I I knew people were going to take issue with how she looked and whatever. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. This is my Leia and she is saving herself. And we're finally yeah. seeing these force abilities that we know she has had. Yeah. yeah. And you know what else I like about it on almost like a nerdy Star Wars level is that I feel like we have seen the force and it gets discussed in this movie of like, is it moving rocks or yeah. is it mm-hmm. just willing what you want to happen happen and the physical world is affected by that? Right. right. And we have, you know, gotten really nerdy. We've played video games where we're like, well, this is a force power I have and this is how much force push points I have. And, like, <laughs> and this is so much about like to me in that moment, Leia isn't like I am using the force to pull myself to the door. She's just reaching out with her hand and saying, Damn yeah. it, no, no, I live. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I mm-hmm. live. I'm not done. And the force power is just exerting her will and I don't think it's like a conscious I will pull myself to the door and then it will open like <laughs> right. it's just the right. will to live and Jennifer you touch on something that I think this is such a big success this movie so that moment happens she's sucked out of the cockpit into space because of, of and I loved it that it wasn't Kylo I loved that these TIE fighter mm-hmm. guys are like well this is our job um, I, the, the movie's so good because I, I thought that is that it and it seems silly to think now, right? Well, it's early in the movie. We yeah. know, I know that there's shots of Leia on crate. Like, but in that moment, in my first view, and I went, oh my God, that might be it. And that's why I think when the movie really succeeds is there's a tension all the way through it of, of this isn't going to go like you think. And this yeah. might be mm-hmm. because you said that is realistic. That happens in war because Admiral Akbar's dead. Yes. Yes. His last words are, what? What are we doing? <laughs> and, and then he dies. It right. was a trap. Yes. <laughs> killed him with yes. the with the oh, tracker no. thing. Yes. It, it, it was it was a trap. Someone oh, someone geez. suggested. I don't know. I, I I'd love. It's one of my friends. Someone at Collider maybe to give credit. I, I I'd love to. I can't remember. But they said they almost would have enjoyed a shot of like the camera pushes in on Akbar and he goes it's a and then the thing blows up. Oh, um, no. But yeah, but that's but. And I was a little upset, as as we are, oh, with our yeah, databank brawl mindset of like, but that's Akbar. That's one of the greatest heroes of the rebellion and now the resistance, and he's dead. But that is what happens. Yeah, the mentor's got to go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that is how it yep. happens. And so I that love that, that that character, uh, whose name I don't have readily available, is just almost turning to the camera. like, yes, everyone, Akbar did die. <laughs> Akbar did die. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, it's funny. What is that character's name? We have, uh, it's also it's always so frustrating when you don't quite know. Every yeah, name. It's kind, I'm kind of enjoying the moment, that little bubble of ignorance, ignorance? before I, I yes. you know, when I was watching the movie, there were moments of like, I'm going to have to remember that for trivia. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. kind of metal is Rose's uh, necklace made uh, out of? Hazen. Hazen. Hazen smelt. Hazen smelt. I was like, C-3PO oh, yeah, give the odds of 15,200. Oh <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, why has it got to be that long? <laughs> yeah, but you're right. I'm going to have to memorize that. You're right. It's sometimes fun just to be like, ah, I'm here. The other thing, Sequence, uh, you know, that worked for me again. Talking about the war, the, the crate battle, just oh. uh, how it actually played out, and yes, reminiscent of Empire in the best possible way. Yes. It was an homage, but also taking a new direction. Absolutely, mm. and, and Gareth Edwards' little cameo was fun. Gareth too. Edwards' yeah. cameo, yeah. and uh, I was successfully tricked that Finn might actually die. 
I, Me see, too. And that goes back to the point. Yeah. Is that's what I thought. I said, oh, this could happen. That's yes. the benefit of being on your heels from utterly unexpected yeah. structure, tone, themes. Yeah. That you have those wonderful moments, which, you know, then makes that Rose thing electric. Mm-hmm. And now every time I watch this movie, you know, a uh, hundred times in the next however many years I live, um, that I will always remember that moment I had mm-hmm. the first time and that mm-hmm. surprise of that Rose yeah. saving moment. Right. Um, Crate, you, Jennifer, just in terms of battle. Loved Crate. I loved the uh, crystal foxes. The oh, Volt yeah. Texas. They were even cuter than I imagined. They were. And yeah. their sound had a purpose. And I knew that they would have some sort of purpose. Yeah. So the fact that those chimes came in handy. Yeah. That I, was great. You know, I love animals. Um, my girlfriend, like, it's a next level of love of animals. <laughs> and so I had the chance to see it with her. And then also my friend, uh, Brittany Wallach, um, who is, the, 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 again, the love of animals is the next level. So watching a Star Wars movie with them where the Porgs, the Crystal Foxes, oh and the Father Years are in the movie, oh it is God. just hearing them going, oh! the entire movie it's amazing to watch them and yeah the crystal foxes were great uh, good sequence there let's I, how did you guys feel because i in the end loved this and first was like what is this golem smeagol stuff i got to get my my head around it is the ray kylo connection started by snoke uh which is the snoke's a interesting great thing. twist yeah. great twist Kylo saying early on, uh, you wouldn't be doing this. This would kill you. Kind of whoop, pay attention to that foreshadowing. Um, I ended up really loving it because it created some uh, connection between two characters. I didn't think we were going to get it, or at least not in that way. Yes. Yeah. Jennifer, what, what are your oh, thoughts? I loved it. <clears throat> it really it connected to them in an organic way because I'm like, how are they going to make this work? This whole teasing her of, of Ray going to the dark side. Yeah. I'm like, I just don't believe that. But in a moment, I could see she was these two outcasts were connecting in this way as one does when they're in middle school and high school, right? Talking on the phone late at night, you know, <laughs> bonding over no one gets us, and that to me was just so it was a really authentic moment that I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I, Jennifer, Sequence. I think you are utterly spot on. I think it reminded me of like the uh, term for uh, uh, an episode, a bottle episode. Of mm-hmm. like a, a sitcom or a drama where the characters are kind of trapped together. Yeah. So they have to work things out. And I love that instead of finding ways for them to end up in the same place, we have this great force connection thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because the force just keeps connecting them, they have that bottle episode feeling of like, we're both lonely and scared and without direction and yeah. either dislike or can't connect to our mentors or our parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're alone. But you're here, so I might as well talk to you. And we have some big issues to talk about. Yeah. yeah. When it really, really worked was when she goes into her version of the Dark Side Cave, um, which I love that reference and echo to, to yeah, Empire as well. Absolutely. That should make sense, just like Luke says. Yeah, light and dark. Duh. <laughs> um, but when she is talking about the experience, um, and then it uh, in my head I'm like, oh, she's confessing to Luke. And when she comes back, she's t- talking to Kylo, and this just like real casual you're my buddy and like what yeah. am I going through only you understand I was like oh that is different that is that is something I didn't expect I'd see in this movie them connecting on not this power dark side but like like you said Jennifer like junior high yeah, like human. hey man this kind of sucks yeah, yeah right. the, I don't know the way forward do you yeah you know? and, and yeah Kylo getting to a point of uh, admitting if not that he pulls feels the pull of the light admitting some amount of vulnerability and confusion and the sincere desire to have emotional desire to be connected to Rey. Like every time we've seen a join me in Star Wars past, like I'm glad that we had the join me echo, but every time we've seen it, it's like, 
let me use you and your power. Right. Yes. Um, I think even Vader wanting Luke to join him, he wants to not feel guilty about shattering his family. He wants to have his son at his side and conquer the galaxy. Right. Overthrow the Emperor. In this really had that sense of Kylo's like, I still do want to conquer the galaxy. Yeah. And fulfill all of my, you know, anger and feelings about myself. But I really, you're cool, Ray. Yeah. And I would like love you. Yeah. you to be by my side. And I think Aww. they handled it so well with the, the shirt off was like a fun joker, <laughs> a nod to the shipping of Raylo. Yeah. And it, yeah. it raised that specter of this could be a, a yeah. sexual connection. Yeah. And then it just went to like, that. that's there. You, you do what you want with it. And then that hand touch in that scene mm-hmm. where she's confessing about the dark cave yeah. is just intimate. Oh yeah. Whatever way you want it to be intimate as a fan, but just this true intimacy. It absolutely is. And, and it was powerful. It was that, that in that particular moment was like, okay. I think because the first couple of times, it literally, the way they shot it reminded me of Peter Jackson and the way he executed Gollum and Smeagol wonderfully with Circus talking to himself. So it wasn't bad, but I was like, mm. what am I? Like does she see him? Her eye. Like I just got bogged down in the in the out of the war, out of the movie kind of like I don't know if I like this. What's this? The, this has not been established as a force power, which I think is just silliness. What do you know about the force? You know what do we know about the force? It can be anything. Right. Um, and then that moment was really when it sinked in for me. And that the the the, the reveal. We can talk about the reveal of parent uh, for parents. It's going to be in our themes as well. But but that moment where it, he's like they're dirty drunk junk traders you you're nothing you're nobody you mean but to me you're something that that was that made sense because i really believe the way driver put it out there that this wasn't about the rule of two get all that yeah. out of your head mm-hmm. something new yeah you and i can maybe they maybe they will be a couple maybe they'll just be a power team you know you don't know but it all made sense he wants her to feel as alone and broken as he does even though and we'll talk about this more even though he did it all to himself <laughs> Yeah. It is this intimacy, and he is reaching out, but he's doing it in a crappy way. He wants her to feel broken, just yeah. like him. Yeah. And yeah. That's he her says, triumph that she doesn't. doesn't. Right. And then when he says, please. Yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah. I, I don't, this movie really messed with me, because I wanted for them to get together. I was like, what am I thinking? <laughs> oh, yeah. How did we get to this place? <laughs> what oh, what was your gosh. meet cute? Uh, talking about why I killed my father? <laughs> yeah. not admitting why I killed my father. It's not a, uh, I want to take a step back from one of my big, huge, this is yeah. high on my list of I love it. Yeah. Is uh, Stokes' death. Yes. Loved and that fight. Just, uh, oh. we're talking, you know, a lot about the deep themes, but also... Yeah. I just have always wanted to see more and more cool, weird lightsaber things. Yeah. The some of the fantasies I've had about cool lightsaber moves. Yeah. yeah. I finally saw on screen. Mm. Which particular ones? Did you have the? Uh, you know, back in the day of Phantom Menace. Yeah. You know, I was like, hey, wouldn't it been cool if uh, Obi Wan Kenobi instead of calling Qui Gon Jinn's lightsaber to him, he just like used the Force to ignite it and then pulled it to his hand <laughs> through Darth Maul's body and <laughs> cut him in half that way. And then that's kind of what happened kind with of. Snoke after I've been just yes. a big, dumb Star Wars nerd about that <laughs> cool lightsaber move. And then just in their fights, like yeah. we've seen a lot of lightsaber use, mm-hmm. just the the two cool kill moves that oh. Ray, yeah. Ray drops the saber, grabs it in that backhanded way and does the, yep. the cool slashes and then the, the throwing... To, yes. To Ben. To at Ben. That point. To Ben. Not at that Kylo. Point. Yeah. To Ben. And just the quick ignite. Like, those are just cool. Like, you know, we talked about Star Wars as uh, deep mm. and powerful and mythic. Yeah. But also just like, it looks cool. It sounds cool. There's cool fights. Yeah. In, in that whole scene in Snoke's chamber, 
Yes. I got everything that Star Wars is. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Star Wars, part of Star Wars is cool ships, cool noises, <laughs> cool moves. <laughs> Jennifer, that throne room scene had it all. And oh. I loved that it was almost like in the middle of the movie. Yes, right? I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, we still have a lot more to go. <laughs> yeah. But th- I mean, just even how he staged it with Ray on the left and mm-hmm. Kylo on the right of just the good and the bad. Oh, it was just so beautifully done. Um, yeah. And you know... I'm so happy that Snoke is gone. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people are. I love it. Yeah. Ryan Johnson's like, eh, he's just a bad guy. Yeah. He's gone. So yeah. thank you, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that uh, that moment, um, you know, when you see it a number of times with different audiences, they react different different spots, right? They mm-hmm. laugh here. They don't do there. That that killing of Snoke when the, he's finally cut in half gets an applause break every time. The slow motion back to back. It, it, it the yeah. Same reaction every time. Ray catching the saber as yes. it comes out of Snoke is so so great yes. on so many levels. I, one one thing I like about it is I I do feel like it ties Snoke to Hawks of like mm-hmm. mm. you don't have anything. You don't have a valid. Point of view. So much of what Star, yeah. Star Wars is is from a certain point of view, and the villains are so exposed to just be like, "You're angry and petulant and fearful." Yeah, mm. and yeah. like, great. Then just buy Snoke, and we'll get on to the interesting buy, yeah. villain. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which and look, look. Uh, it's it echoes Jedi a lot for me because. Uh, a lot of people say, well, Snoke's so powerful. Clearly is. Some great stuff. I love the lightsaber in the back of Ray's head. Like, I yeah. love that. I love oh, yeah. just him the Hux face slam. Hux yeah. face slam. Him flinging her with just the move of his finger. Um, yeah, and he's inside Kylo's head. He's absolutely inside Kylo's head. But he's, how can he not, so how can he not see that Kylo's about to kill him? How, in fact, he's seen it and seen it wrong. Because, oh, you're grabbing the blade. Look at what the Emperor and Vader had, particularly in Jedi, even uh, the, in the redone versions of Empire, where the Emperor so in Vader's heart, mind, I created you, I know you, but he's not able to see things in Vader's heart about Luke yeah. and about his son. And even in the final moments, but also just like that, that throne room scene where Vader's like, yeah, my son's here. And Emperor's like, are you sure? Because I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. And I love that echo of like Snoke. It's so blind to the core things, and Kylo's able to not hide it, but just make a decision in his heart that his master can't see, and that was that really paid off in that moment oh, for yeah. me. It's a manipulation of from a certain point of view of like, yes, all the things you are sensing are true. I am yeah. full of anger. I am pointing the blade, and I'm going to kill my true enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's you. But it's you. <laughs> uh, I also want to to mention, uh, you know, I've only seen the movie twice, so I'll look for it uh, carefully. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that everybody was asking about this movie, if you're a big Star Wars nerd, is uh, is there going to be a hand removal? Right. Mm. And there is not an explicit one, but in that scene where Hux discovers Snoke's body, one of his hands is still sitting on the throne. <laughs> yeah. So we know that there was, that yes. his hand got cut off as the saber came out of him. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. Technically yes. a hand removal. And, that's, and uh, that's what I love. Ryan Johnson played around with some of the normal themes yeah. that we do see. And that moment's great. Uh, that fight is great. Um, and, and the action's really picking up. Uh, two, I think the two final big things we can talk about, and then we can move on to some other things maybe here. Though yeah. We could talk about things we love for a couple hours, and we will. We're going to have a lot of Last Jedi programming here in the next six months, I'm sure, as we build up towards Han Solo. Um, Luke and Ray's training, but also uh, I want to talk about uh, Laura Dern's character, Holdo. Um, so I think we'll start there. There, This character, of course, featured prominently in Leia, Princess, Princess of Alderaan from Claudia Gray. Now, Laura Dern's portrayal of it was slightly different, which raises up this wonderful question of 
how much do those books mean to the productions of these movies and how much are, do we fans read in too much to what's going on? You know, there wasn't, I felt like I wanted to shout up her purple hair is because of her culture on her planet. <laughs> and she, you know, Laura Dern played it different. She made her choices as a great actress to, to uh, play this character the way she and Ryan Johnson felt it should be played. So I'm on board for that. Uh, interesting character. I love the interplay with Poe and the ending of her life. The sacrifice is all three times I've seen this, the theater does the same thing. Silence and audible gasping. <gasps> and it's probably one of the most beautiful shots, as bittersweet as it is yeah. in all of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that taking the Raddus, by the way. Yeah, Goodbye, Raddus. added the weight that if you know that the ship's name is Raddus. Taking the Raddus through the supremacy mm-hmm. is, is much like when I saw Rogue One and the two Star Destroyers are crashed into each other. Wow. This was one of those, I can't believe I just saw that on a screen and it moves me every time. And just the weight of her sacrifice. Anyways, that's my monologue on her, her character, <laughs> but would you guys come down on, on the Holdo moment and the character itself, Jennifer? It's fascinating because the first viewing, I was not happy. I was like, oh, I don't like, I really like Holdo in the, in the book and this is yeah. not the Holdo that I was expecting. Yeah. And I was like, come on, I really believed in Poe. And then obviously at the end with a big reveal. Uh, but the second viewing, I got it. And I saw yeah. where she was coming from. And I saw, I was like, oh, yeah, no, Poe is totally wrong and, yeah. and, and not justified in his actions. Do you think, and I've heard this criticism, and I understand it, just if you're looking line by line and breaking down little plot moments, should Holdo at any point just been like, Poe, sit down, let me tell you. I, I understand that moment. I just think she knew Poe wouldn't have listened. Did yeah. she expect Poe to hold her at gunpoint? No. But I, I think she got the Poe. If I'd sat down and said, here's what I'm planning to do, he still would have been like, that's stupid because right. I'm a fly boy. Yeah. You I know? thought that was crystal clear, and I like it. I yeah. really I think that was one of my favorite lines and perspectives from her of like, I've known fly yeah. boys like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. what you're going to do. And I think another great theme is that decision of when to run yeah. and when to fight. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not that Holdo is like, you should always run. Poe's yeah. the one out of balance because he's just always like, you should always fight. <laughs> he, one of the, my favorite laugh lines is when uh, Finn and Rose are explaining the plot to him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. okay, so it's only from one ship. So we blow it up. Blow it up. <laughs> no. And, and again, it's very funny, but from the character. So I love that Holdo had that yeah. perspective of like, take a breath. Yeah. Wisdom. Mm-hmm. I, I think what the right thing to do right now is run so we can survive. Yeah. But then I will turn and fight when it's time to fight. And I yeah. will, in fact, sacrifice myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, yeah. that's why I love that moment. And, and I know some people suggested, well, you know, why couldn't that have been Leia's moment? If we know, remember, they didn't know at the time that Carrie Fisher wouldn't be around for nine. Got so. more to do. Yeah. I, I do want to say real quick uh, that, A, that's a cool callback to Attack of the Clones, the sound going out completely. Yes. Oh, yeah. And coming back. And uh, I was at one of the screenings in Hollywood uh, on Thursday night. Ryan Johnson bopped around to a bunch of theaters in Hollywood and did uh, so great. Did the little pre-show at Ramble. At Arclight in particular, if you've never been there, there is a pre-show uh, Ramble from somebody in an Arclight uh, outfit. Yes. Every time Ryan Johnson goes to that theater, he had it memorized. Did really? He did it exactly perfectly. One of the things that they always <laughs> say, he did, his, he did some fun jokes. Yeah. He's like, it's really long, so you should pee now. Like, <laughs> he was directed by Rianne Johnson. Uh, so really funny stuff, really charming stuff. But one of the things they always say is like, uh, once the movie gets started, I'll be standing off to the side <laughs> to make sure that the picture and sound are up to arc like quality. And the whole audience is like, <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. There was that moment when the sound dropped out where yeah. about a third of the audience kind of turned to the side and was like, 
oh no, is oh. there a picture and sound quality problem? Because <laughs> wow. the director of the film promised us yeah. he'd be yeah. watching for that. Yeah, so effective. Such an effective yeah. use of, of no sound in that moment. So, uh, yeah, Holdo overall, uh, I, I loved uh, what she represented. Loved that moment. And it's sweet. And that connection between her and Leia at the end. I loved it. I loved how it played out. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. So final thing, we, I think we discussed in the major likes, and we move on here, you know, in the first 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a long one. going to be a long one. Strap in. Uh, pour yourself a hot chocolate. And enjoy the ride here with us. It's a journey, much like the movie. Luke and Ray, the training, the island. Overall, for me, this was a big victory, and that includes the milking of the weird beast. I love yes. that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, and Yoda. I think we would be remiss yes. in our this, in our oh favorite things that we love to not mention Yoda. Yes, uh, yes, yes, because that movement that moment moved me. The third time I saw it, yeah, I cried. Mm. I didn't cry the first two times. There is so much in there. I think we're going to discuss more about yeah. sort of the meat of what's in that scene when we kind yes. of get oh, into, okay, into right, themes right. and ideas. Yes. Okay. But I do want to just shout out in terms of that, the ongoing metaphor of, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson playing with the action figures. Yeah. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi says, you know, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And finally, after years, we have our answer that force ghosts can do stuff. Mm. Yes. Like set stuff on fire with lightning and make a corporeal cane whack you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And And that's just like really great changing the game on that sort of Star Wars, uh, uh, just obsession yeah. level. And I think, and you know, you want to talk about the books making that seem a little better from a certain point of view. Some, some of the two, the two stories that really, really worked for me was actually Yoda talking about Leia being the chosen one on that, but also the stuff with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and what it felt like, what it means, what it kind of takes out of you to become a force ghost. So I think that was established. Anyone who, who thinks this is odd and this is new force stuff. No, I think it's been established. Force ghosts aren't just these apparitions that you're seeing there. They're kind of these different versions of, uh, of, of the bean. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Luke and Ray's training. Uh, Jennifer, overall, where are your thoughts on this? What did you think? What, what, what was the takeaway? Oh, I loved it. I loved seeing Ray in action and, you know, taking that moment to go, wait a minute, I have a lightsaber. Yeah. What am I doing? That was really <laughs> so exciting and inspiring. Um, I, I loved the, the humorous moment that we mm-hmm. saw with, with Ray and Luke. Slap into the hand. Yeah, that was That's really the horse. fun. Can you feel it? <laughs> That was great. Uh, just a brief moment. The caretakers. How much oh, do yeah. we love the caretakers? I I really did like them. Yeah. Used just enough. Just yeah. enough. Just I would have taken a little more caretakers. I, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. hey, leave them wanting more. But that that moment where the rock yeah. falls oh, on the thing. So, so I'll good. write that caretaker book. I want more caretakers. <laughs> yes. They're, they're yeah. great. Great idea. Great characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? And I will say for because I think it's probably going to be one of the controversial comedy moments. The uh, the teat milk drinking Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i feel like that's uh, again it's maybe a little broad yeah but it fully fits in because what luke is aggressively feeling and trying to say to ray is i am not a legend Mm -hmm. being a legend is vanity Mm -hmm. i'm just an old man waiting to die on an island yeah do not be impressed by me yeah and it is a great way to say do not be impressed by me to say i'm gonna just sort of grin at you yeah or grimace at you rather yeah while i Milk and alien teat, guzzle it and let it dribble from my beard. If you're ever trying to convince someone, yes. I am a no one and I want you to leave me alone. That's a great That's, way to do it. Right. You, you know, this is why right. the three of us work so well together. We see so, so we go see th- these movies separately, and then we have the same thought. That you can you can get bogged down in this weird creature, uh, you know, with with the, the milk and all this stuff. You could get bogged down with it. You could have Ray's reaction. She's kind of smiling at first. And and the like, creature's oh, like, oh. But that look, it's one of Hamill's finest moments in the movie because mm-hmm. everything you just said is absolutely what I thought. He is looking at her, going, "Yeah, 
yeah, this is it. Yeah. This is it. This so is my life. this is, you know, this back is off. This the great Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. Yeah. This green milk. raw milk in my beer. <laughs> yeah. 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 It yeah. was a great moment. And uh, I do like all that stuff there. And, and, and yeah, you know, learn the force and three easy lessons. Sure. Um, I, but, you know, we didn't, Yoda and Luke in Empire, you didn't, you know, sit down and open up a textbook uh, for the sake of, of movies. This is, this is great. Three lessons. And uh, it's powerful stuff. It's very, very, you see Ray's connection early on, yeah. uh, right when she's sitting on that rock. Love that sequence. So I bought into that too. Yeah. This is kind of Luke's like, here's, I'll give you the basics. Here's all you need. And right. I think he, if I'm remembering correctly, he doesn't say, I'll teach you the ways of the Force. He says, I'll teach you the ways of the Jedi yeah. and why they should end. Exactly. Yes. Right. So he's not going to give her the full-fledged training. And I also loved how she went to him and in kind of desperation was like, I have this inside of me. I don't know what to do with yeah. it. Yeah. It's, so I just imagine it's like this incredible force that she's so powerful. And how would that feel? You would feel desperate. Like, please help me, Master, right. you know. Yeah, uh, Master Luke, and and it was great to have her be like, uh, yeah, the force is, uh, you know, you you control things, you move rocks, <laughs> control um, minds, move right. things. What, what is it like? That's and that's why I joked even us like, well, what is it like? Mm-hmm. What is the force? Is this big wild thing that goes beyond just Jedi and Sith? If you want to climb into that Star Wars nerd Absolutely. bubble, it's more there. And I I love what Luke was saying. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel we there that that feeling? That's not ours. We don't claim it. We don't own it. Yeah, and I got it now that you know his thought changed, and we're going to talk about those lessons. But loved it. I loved hearing Luke Skywalker say the name Sidious. Yes. Yay, prequelist. Yes, yes. you know, so but good. but true. Yeah, that moment. Oh, that whole rattling of the failure of the Jedi is oh. yeah. sort of like that's something that I have nerded out about for a long time of wanting them to address that the Jedi have failed. Yeah, and uh, so beautiful. So so beautiful. So much beautiful things in this movie. Yet more to talk about. Um, there are things though in it that uh, might have been questionable. Things we did not like. Uh, I'll be the first jerk through the uh, curtain there. I, I still, I still, there's a lot. The, Canto bite. Okay. And it's a big disappointment to be, not the same reasons I'm hearing a lot of public criticism. I'm stuttering like DJ here. Um, <laughs> public criticism of the sequence. I felt let down by this wonderful world I wanted to spend more time in. Mm-hmm. And the story didn't need that, didn't dictate that we could, hey, take our time here. It had to be quick. And that was a disappointment, and I still still feel it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree. I just wanted to see a few more weirdos, clearly. I wanted to yeah. see the fun, weird aliens. I like everything that they accomplished thematically that yeah. is super important to the movie and pushing Finn and Rose's characters in different directions. Definitely. Um, but I also, we've never, it's not another cantina. Yeah. It is where the rich people who have mm-hmm. made some of the problems in the galaxy mm-hmm. by right. war profiteering but aren't affected by them go to just pretend it doesn't exist. Right. And I like that idea. I just wanted to see that perspective. Uh-huh. Yeah. I wanted to spend a little bit more time with the actual rich people. Like yeah. DJ, we can talk about, and DJ yeah. communicated that to us, but I wanted to see it from them. The yeah, people absolutely. who don't care. That's a great point. Take a moment, sit down. We didn't talk to any of them. You yeah. know, we just had the one guy, I told him not to park there. And, and <laughs> yeah. that's fun little Star Wars dialogue that we can have fun. Like that guy's going to fight in Data Bank, I'm sure, at some point. For sure. Um, <laughs> that strange beach bum on Canto Bank. Beach, beach yeah. bum, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was all there for me. That's why I've heard a lot of people, well, it didn't matter to the story. You could cut it out. Uh, I get it. I get that thought. But, no, there's so oh. much there. Yeah, you're both shaking your head because <laughs> there's so much to... What Finn, we knew going into this movie, uh, and I've, I've said on videos, I've said it here in this podcast, Finn hadn't 
chosen aside. Don't be confused by him going to Starkiller Base. That wasn't for the resistance. It was for Ray. It was for himself. And here he is still trying to run away. Um, different version of it, but it, it takes this adventure, takes this journey. And yeah, sure, at times I thought little, not, not heavy-handed, but just like, a little like, hey, here's a thing. You know, we're going to save these creatures or this and that, and, and Finn's going to learn all that. And that's fine. That's sometimes how it works. It's just, you know, you don't have time. The movie didn't have time, as long as it was, to really sit down and have Finn work through these problems in long-form conversation. It yeah. had to be quick. And right. it's great for Rose's character, too, to have that. I'm going to misquote it, uh, I'll paraphrase, but that that yeah. great line of, like, I just want to punch a hole through yeah. this beautiful, awful city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she gets to. That's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel about Cannabite, Jennifer? Yeah, I, was, I loved it, but I was just disappointed we did not get to see more. I was hoping that we would have seen uh, Rose and Finn go undercover and we yes. could have had these conversations oh, yeah. with the elite where they went undercover as, you know, a rich a rich couple or yes. something. That would have been so much more exciting, but I thought the message, you cannot get rid of that huge theme. Yeah. And also DJ sharing with, with Finn, like, hey, yeah, the good guys also, too, are maybe yeah. not so good. Yeah. It, 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 DJ and, and Del Toro made some acting oh. choices that either you love or you I don't like. It. And I loved every one of them. I love the hand, very fear and loathing in Las Vegas, a lot of yeah. stuff going on. Uh, but his perspective of uh, you know, both, hey, good guys question that, which is a little bit George Lucas. Bad guys definitely question that. But also, at some point, it's it's driving the point home to Finn. And we're going to talk about the theme of choosing a side and mm-hmm. that DJ is so callous in, in what he does. But I love Del Toro's final moment uh, of uh, you, they, you blow up them, they blow up you. And Finn says that that's that's wrong. I love when the camera pushes in and DJ says maybe and goes <laughs> off, and it just show it just dri- that drives the point home to Finn in the best possible way. And yeah. I loved it. Right. I love that. You guys are both uh, Team DJ. You both like DJ. I am oh, Team DJ. Yeah. You? Okay. I don't dislike him. I just wish I was more affected by him. Got it. Mm. Yeah, because I feel like he had all these moments of like fun and flair. I wasn't sure about the stutter choice. It was, like, interesting and distinctive, yep. but it didn't quite, to me, uh, match up with the fun flair yeah, of, like, it, his it, hand gestures and mm-hmm. attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I get that there, you know, he was just kind of somewhere between that sort of, like, uh, I'm a, a thief who, you know, with hole in prison with holes in his socks. Right. But I'm also kind of smooth and weird and... I don't know. It didn't quite entirely come together for me, and maybe yeah. it will on future things. It maybe will, but I also don't think you're wrong in that sense because the whole sequence left you wanting more, mm-hmm. and and not this like that was cool, give me more, but like I wanted to spend more time, and because. DJ was just DJ and not Ezra and not Dark Jedi <laughs> and all these things. Um, you know, I'm curious more about this character and, and it did have a little bit of a artful Dodger showing up in this rich yeah, world. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I, 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 I understand where you're coming from there. We can Star Wars counsel you through that. Yeah, then. no, the art, <laughs> just the, art, the phrase artful Dodger, that, that opens up a little bit more of a specific archetype for little, me to try to bit. lock on to. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And they saved the horses, all that stuff. Uh, you know, that was cool. Um, but it just, uh, the, it, the CGI didn't work for me. It was a Harry oh. Potter moment. I did not like them running through the casino. Did not like the, the get the concept, the whole concept I get. Like it's, you know, I get the themes, but it, t- it, it takes me out of the movie every time I see it. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's some about it. I just don't, I just, you just, uh, our friend Perry Nemiroff said it best. Like that sequence, you just see John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tran on a, on a log with a green screen behind him. <laughs> and, and, and that, that kind of stuff. That's why I don't go in all out for these Marvel or DC movies. Cause a lot of the big fights are just like, made in a computer box and a lot of them on uh, all of them in last Jedi R2. Don't, don't get me wrong, but that particular, it just took me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I did like BB eight being a death ball. I was being, okay with that. Yeah. yeah being just uh, <laughs> super efficient to the point of, of comedy. I like, I yes. that was maybe one of my favorite DJ yeah. moments. Like you do this. Yeah, with the three guys tied up, I'm like, how, okay, but how did he get the yeah. wadding into their mouths? Like, yeah. what's that about? And yeah. you know, what I liked uh, the first time I didn't like him shooting the coins at the uh, police officer until the second view when you hear the coins. I, I heard the coins rattling around in him. Yes. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah that was and awesome. That's a great. That's the commentary. Uh, the little bit of commentary I liked that that little drunk alien that wanders up to BB-8. Everything is a is a thing of commerce. So he puts yeah. a coin in him because he expects Gosh. it to come out. And, and then BB-8 like, all right, here's my commentary on capitalism. I do believe I will it. shoot the police state. <laughs> With yeah. your dirty money. Yeah. Dirty money. That was um, Davis, right? Uh, is that the leprechaun? I need to confirm. It's either Warwick or it is Mark Hamill himself. I, oh. I've heard 
I've heard both now, and I'm I'm scrolling through a credits thing. I think it is listed in the movie, so stay for the credits. I I I think it's Mark Hamill. I may be wrong, but why no? Warwick Davis does have cameos. I haven't figured that out yet. But I, I actually I, I want to lay money down that it was Mark Hamill. Well, let me ask Jennifer about a thing while you're scrolling. Yeah. How did you feel about Moz? Because I think Moz has also been controversial. Yeah. Jennifer, you're well, really? a big Moz fan. Contro- why? Why has it been controversial? I got to tell you, <gasps> one of my least favorite parts of the movie. No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't why? like that. I, why? Uh, well, why, let, let me, let's start with the positive. Why do you love it? Oh, my gosh. To me, it was like, yes, Moz is getting it on with, with this master code breaker. I was like, of course she is. Of course Justin she is. Justin Theroux. Justin Theroux. Oh, exactly. And, and, My you boyfriends know, are Chewbacca and Justin Throw. Yeah, yeah. You just got a wide uh, variety of men. Oh, so, or uh, creatures. Um, and also, like, the fact that it was union dispute and she's in action. I just thought it was it was a fun little a moment, a, as you would say, a moment of flavor yeah. um, for Moz, because I, I missed her. This will be the only line we draw on the four center sand. No, I, oh, you know, no. I love that Moz is there. Lupita Nyong'o's great. I, again, would have loved more. I didn't get what Poe talked to her. I would have loved Finn going, and this is the only time, this is one of the times yeah, I really do that. But what if, but what if Finn was like, ah, what if we know somebody and had that conversation with her. And then the video game action sequence, the union spoot, fine, funny, the moment about throw, funny. I just was like, she's flying around shooting, just like, I felt it was one of those, let's show you what, let's show you Maz in action, just because we can show you Maz in action. It's not, mm. it's not my favorite part, but it's so a blip on the radar screen. You just you, and Moz is a great character. I love Moz. Yeah. I just I, I just didn't take to it that, that mm. way. Joseph, you're the deciding vote. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, you know oh, what? No. You know what? I was no. gonna be. You know, I'll be in the middle. But I think one of the lessons of this middle uh, this movie is don't be in the middle, like DJ. <laughs> Pick a side. Pick a side. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to tip Maybe. into liking it. I okay. think I was distracted by it because of, uh, and this is Star Wars nerd stuff, the muddled continuity of where Maz ends up at the end of The Force Awakens. Right. Yes. You know, That's because, it, you know, she was, in theory, according to J.J. Abrams, supposed to have gone to the Resistance base, and we just didn't see it. Mm. Right. So I had a little bit of like, well, where is she? What is she doing? Mm-hmm. And then there was a part of me like, this is cool. This is fun. It's a tip of the iceberg storytelling where you get to find out later, where is that? What is she doing? Um but then mm-hmm. there's a part of me like, I really just want her to be there. Yeah. But then I, I also realized that that's one mentor too many. She's a wise character. And if she was with Finn and Rose on the adventure, mm-hmm. she would be able to give them too much direction and instead of having Finn and Rose find things for themselves. That's right. great. That's a great point. Right. Um, all right. Sorry. I'm trying to, uh, I'm not going to get bogged down with this yet. It looks like uh, Warwick Davis played one of the brothers. In the Canto Bite, those little uh, the, the the three brothers the, oh, yeah. that look like little geckos. Oh, um, according and his character's names Wody Ben. Wody, Wody ben. ben. All right, the W tradition continues. Huh, w- interesting. Um, but we'll see. He has a friend. That's um, right. That's right. Um, all right. So that yeah. So Canto Bite, I think for for a lot of people, just for a lot of different reasons. I definitely don't think it's as simple as it doesn't matter. I just no. think this is a Mm-mm. movie that races A to B for a lot of plots. Um, the Ray thing, uh, the Battlestar Galactica like, which I loved <laughs> of of the First Order trying to chase down the Resistance, and then here you you go to the left a little bit and you go off in this other little separate adventure, and then I think what it what it get what why I want to say confuse people that's that sounds insulting, but why a lot of people come down on not liking it is it literally the plot on paper the MacGuffin there doesn't work. No, it's pointless. Finn, uh, it Poe, yeah, Poe literally says they didn't make it, and I though love that. 
And that's yes. one of the things I do like about that sequence. Mm. Our heroes failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think it ties into that when to fight and when to run. Yeah. You know, right. and what do you fight for and why? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's great. And then it leads into something that uh, is not necessarily a dislike, but it's questionable. And that is the Finn Phasma showdown. Ah. So I loved it. I love the cracking of her mask because yes. we know what that means. If you've, if you've read that Fastball book, you just know about the character. She is always in masks. It's a sign of power. It is a it is a thing with her. So that moment, I kind of don't believe she's dead. I think the new running joke is Fastma survives everything. <laughs> yeah. Though the arc with Finn would definitely maybe seem to be dead. But I think, again, I think she can come back for a third chapter. But it just, that was her only use in the movie. Yeah. Now, I, I wonder, and I want to find some, I wonder if her shooting schedule in Game of Thrones keeps her from doing much more than this. I, I don't know. That's totally me guessing to the Game of Thrones dork inside of me wondering that. Uh, so anyways, mm. that is where I hear a lot of people going, but why? Where do you guys feel come down on this Phasma Finn issue? I loved it. I loved the fight. I think it uh, it dovetailed with everything that they had going on in The Force Awakens. Uh, right. I like that Finn, again, could have just run and escaped, but right. he chose to stay and fight Phasma. And you, you make, it's a fun question of, was that the right decision? Yeah. And, you know, it, I think it was great for him to feel like, I don't need to be under your boot. Yeah. You mm-hmm. specifically, because you're the cruel teacher who drove me and made me feel like I wasn't, you know, worth anything. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wanted to, I, when she came on screen, I was like, oh, that's right, Phasma. There were a few moments like that where I was like, yeah. oh, I almost <laughs> yeah. forgot. Yeah. There's <laughs> so much. This. Yeah. Yeah. They packed a lot in. But so I wanted to see a, just a little bit more with her, but I thought I liked the battle overall. Yeah. The battle I thought was great. Yeah. But it's like, I guess we just didn't need her, but her on the, her on a command deck talking to Hux or something like that, you know, yeah. I was like, maybe, maybe what if she survived to the Battle of Crate and she, nah, yeah. So I like how it played out, but I understand this is kind of like, uh, you know, it's because people love Gwendolyn Christie. They yeah. love how Phasma looks. Mm-hmm. They felt she was underused. And so we kind of might feel that again, but I think it was a great moment. But that's just yeah. the nature of Star Wars movies. And I yeah. think that's where we need to remember like, yes, I just read the book and I just read her graphic yes. novel and they're both great. Yeah. And I don't expect to see that much of her in a movie. They, there's not room for everyone. Not room for everyone, uh, indeed. And I think she'll be back for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm putting down, putting down money on that one there. Any other big uh, questions or uh, dislikes from you guys there? No? No. I mean, no. the, the kind of questions about the Canto Bite and, and yeah. DJ were my biggest ones. Biggest ones, indeed. So uh, what about the reveal of Ray's parents? All right, so we've spent a lot of time, <laughs> whether you wanted to or not. And we here at Force Center didn't, we're not speculation-based. We're not theory-based. We have them. We talk about them. We'll continue to have them and talk about them. We don't hang our hats on them as Star Wars media discussioners. Uh, that is uh, that is just not our, our view of Star Wars as much. But And we, I think, as a group kind of came down on Ray. Is Ray is nobody type of thought process. So we got that. Any any problems? Any issues? Any big wins in your mind over this reveal, Joseph? Yeah, I mean, I will say we did the whole Ray theory roundup. Yeah, we uh, did, which was yeah. fun, and I totally agree with you. I, I don't like being like going into the movie going, I want to be right about something. Yes, <laughs> and I I mean, I had been kind of coming around to maybe she's a Kenobi. Yeah, and this was a good lesson uh, for me too. Again, about that uh, detach from the books and the comics and the depth of other material versus yeah. what's in the movie. I loved it. I think uh, I think we have talked about a lot of like whatever the reveal is, it has to matter to the story in right. the moment because otherwise it's just a PowerPoint presentation of like, well, Ezra met so-and-so at <laughs> yeah. Stardate this. Um, so I loved that it it uh, worked so well mm-hmm. for uh, one of the main themes I wanted to talk about is personal responsibility of just yeah. you're you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It ties into that theme as well, which is why we're going to spend some time on it. But Jennifer, I loved I loved how they played with it in the cave. I know. Because I had that yeah. moment. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, it's her face. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I, I might have even had conversations from some people of, well, if you look at the shadows, it kind of looks yeah. like yeah. Han or Leia. kind of looks like <laughs> Luke. Um, so uh, I, I love the reveal, Jennifer. You? I loved it. That actually moment reminded me of Harry Potter a little bit where I forget which character. I think it's Harry. He sees his parents in the yeah. reflection. Anyways, when it, when, it, when it finally came down to it, I was like, yes, mm-hmm. this is what I wanted. And it goes to the overall theme that I think that the movie is trying to say. Yeah. Is that this is not just about the Skywalkers anymore moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think and I, I think this, I've uh, I've heard I've heard tale I've heard tales around the cantina that their Lucasfilm maybe didn't have this as planned out coming out of Force Awakens as you might have thought. Yeah, that's I'm not in those meetings. I don't know how true that is. Um, I've heard different from different angles from someone outside Lucasfilm who works in a, in a different business that works with them. And I've heard some inside that, no, maybe they didn't, they were trying to figure it out that JJ, as he does very well, creates this mystery box, create these questions, Snoke, Ray, but that wasn't, those weren't Lucasfilm's questions. And we're going to talk more about that. I'm sure. So I really feel that the, the, Key was two things we've mentioned here before. Ryan Johnson saying the parents matter to Ray, mm-hmm. not necessarily to you, Star right. Wars fan. And then when Maz Kanata and Force Awakens, because Force Awakens themes are very heavily about identity. Take that mask off. Who are you? Yeah. And Maz saying very clearly, it's not behind you. It's in front of you. And that's why when you go back, yeah. maybe, maybe uh, remember Daisy Ridley said, I thought the answer was obvious from Force Awakens. Yeah. And we all right. went, Luke, Han, the D. It's Maz going, it don't worry about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in front of you. And belonging you seek. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I think could have been still interpreted as you meet Luke, go with Han, you'll sure. find out, blah, blah, blah. And I think if you want to go really crazy, mm-hmm. what we were oh, presented that's... with in The Last Jedi is Ray agreeing that she feels it is true what Kylo said. Right. So yes. Kylo, Star Wars has a long history of unreliable narrators. <laughs> yes. Star Wars itself begins with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We're trusting someone who's telling us a story. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it, Kylo Ren seems to me like he could be an unreliable narrator. Yes. Yeah. Like, this is just like, if you want to have fun, I don't predict this is what will happen. Yeah. But there's still room for there to be a twist of Kylo lied and Ray was vulnerable. Yeah. And it seemed, it felt true to her in the moment. Because yeah. she didn't, I don't think in the movie says, mm-hmm. you're right, I see the graves. Yeah. She says, I'm no one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, there, there's still room for Snoke to come back in another way too, and possess <laughs> someone else's body or other stuff. Yeah. The theor- clone. The theorists will have some, still have some fun. There's definitely wiggle room. But yeah, yeah I think it's because it, it was kind of one of those Kylo saying, "What's in your heart? Confirm yeah. it in your heart." What do you know? Maybe the details she doesn't know, but I think maybe she's known. She's always known, and that's why I think the moment really worked. Great moment. I think Daisy's best work was in that moment. I think Adam Driver's best work might have been in that whole sequence of trying to get her over there. Um, Final question before we move into the major themes, which is where I think we really roll up our sleeves and have fun here in Force Center, is is those porgs. (sighs) All right? The porgs, front and center. (laughs) And I, I liked them going in. I was like, oh, well, I'm porg. It's fun. I you know, let's eat a porg. Let's all have fun with this. And the first time I saw it, I thought, I like this. I bet a hundred million thousand people are going to hate this because it's over the top at times. And I don't think, I think other people have been focusing on other things. I haven't heard a lot of anti-porgness right now because more people are worried about the bigger things. I, I still in the end just love everything about this. Yeah, Jennifer... You you are still team Porg all the way, right? Oh yeah. my gosh, I just I couldn't even contain it. I was like, I 
love these little things. <laughs> and the, the one in the falcon with the wires on his head. Yes. <laughs> yes. And their little nest on Octu. I just was like, it was just too much. Yeah. What am I going to do with myself? I can never actually touch a real pork. <laughs> that makes me so sad. Yeah. Uh, is that but, a good t-shirt idea? Yeah, I can I never touch, touch a real pork. pork. Oh, yeah, sad I, face. I think it would work because uh, my girlfriend, uh, walking out of the second viewing, we're, we're walking out. And she was like, what do you think they feel like? Do you think their feathers are soft? Or do you think it's kind of like a slick penguin-like? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, I think I think they're like more penguin-like with a little fluffy to them. And, uh, you know, so it's, I, think, I think it's a true thing. It's, is there so, um, it just worked. And, and you know what? Star Wars has room for cute. It really does. We met the gonk droid in the first movie that yeah. kind of waddles and says gonk. Gonk. I mean, yeah. And you feel for that gonk droid later yeah. on or a gonk droid when he's getting his feet burned in Jabba's Palace. Yeah. yeah, it worked for me. The I remember when you first hear him, you're kind of like, eh. And then when they're kicking the lightsaber, and one almost puts his uh, puts the lightsaber through his eye. Yeah, I was on board, and, and I love the shot. There's one shot I think when Luke's fishing, and he goes across, and he just cut across, and there's that that nest there, and the bird's just kind of like, eh, no. Yeah, I love how much you hear them. <laughs> yes, just yes. in the audio mix of just you know, making their little noise. Absolutely, the lightsaber to the eye was yeah. great. Yeah, I love that that tension. Yeah. The first time I saw the movie, I felt like that scene lasted 30 seconds. I'm yeah. like, is it going to happen? And then when the second movie was like, that was like a half a second shot. Yeah. Um, I love that they were, again, something that's silly and fun, that they were in the montage of light and darkness. Mm. Yeah. And again, like, they're, yeah, they're silly. Yeah, they're weird. But they're creatures. And look, at mm-hmm. they, they die and they live. Yeah. And it's light and it's dark. But I think one of the best revelations is that scream in that, Mm-hmm. Now famous shot of yeah. Chewie and the Porg is not what was in the trailer. Yes. Mm. In the trailer, it's a relatively well-contained, right? It's a twice. It's a, it's a two. Yeah. And this is an endless guttural battle scream yeah. that I still haven't been able to fully hear because the audience is <laughs> laughing, cheering, and screaming with that little MFR. You, oh you and I, again, you and I are on the same level because that, I, I literally went, oh, that's so much better. Yeah. That's so, so much, much better, better to just yes. be like, ah, this thing's pissed. Yeah. It's bonded with Chewie and it's I like, yeah. Y'all gonna die. love that, oh and I love the reveal of the Falcon. I love that. We could talk about that in other yeah, episodes. They but hate that ship. Yeah, I hate no. that ship. All good. And and then when it, Jennifer, when it flies and hits the cockpit window, uh. smushes up against it. I loved it, and I'm gonna let my cuteness overflow. You know, Yay. my my love of the Star Wars cute. It definitely works. So porgs, 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 porgs. That is a that is a look at kind of the major likes, dislikes, questions. Big reveals, but as we love doing here on Force Center, there are great themes in Star Wars movies because they need to be. They're modern myths. They're the epic journey. This is the story of us, and if it works to a good level, it can change you, it can move you, it can inspire you. Joseph, there are some major themes and ideas in Force Oh, not Force Awakens, in The Last Jedi. Yeah, and I, I wrote down several ideas. We'll see uh, if we can get to all of them because I feel like that's one of the things that sets people back on their heels is that this is a relatively simple movie mm-hmm. where the plot is the Resistance is trying to survive. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars is normally really fast moving. You go to this planet, you go to that planet, and they're just trying to survive And that this is a movie that allows the characters and the themes to dominate, right. not the plot, not everything moving really fast, not a million action scenes. Um, and your mileage may vary on these, but they're ones that really resonated with me. And one of them was just personal responsibility for your actions. And I feel like that was really communicated through both Kylo and Ray. Mm-hmm. There's right. so much discussion of, did Luke make Kylo in that great, uh, from a certain point of view where we see that scene three times of 
Kylo's destruction of the temple, mm-hmm. and is it Luke's fault? Mm-hmm. And mm. uh, I love that it comes down to Leia and Luke kind of agree. Kylo made his choice. No matter what other factors we did, no matter how we failed, mm-hmm. he chose, and he continues to choose. Mm. And yeah. so, you know what? We're just going to have to go against you, even though you're our son, you're our nephew. Yeah. You made your choice. And I think this, that's the same thing of like um, Ray seeing a million of herself in the cave is not only literally, I don't have famous parents. Yeah. It's the, I, no matter who I'm surrounded by, no matter who my parents are, I decide. Yeah what I'm going to do and I have to take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I loved it. And that's why the, this this take on Ty, Kylo's growth from Ben Solo into who he is now and Supreme Leader Ren, I guess we can call him that, he promoted himself, is to oh, me yeah. different than Anakin's journey. And I've, I've said before on air here and other places of I love what Ky- the, the growth of Kylo, this wannabe villain, um, wanting to be something he, he might not be or might not yet be is interesting. I get a lot of, well, Anakin in the prequels and this and that. And yeah, they're similar. They're family. Yeah. But there is something different about it here. You never, Vader, we get to see, Vader made his choice, but then I think we always get to see if you really read a lot of the comics and books and just dive into those, even the original trilogy, Vader's co- consistently struggling with himself. So it's this internal struggle. But here we're seeing, yes, the internal struggle of Kylo, but just like you said, he 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 assumed the mantle of super big baddie here now. Yeah. Not just because Vader did it and he wants it, because that is the choice he made faced with this great echo to Return of the Jedi of, of Ray saying they're still good in him. And I love that we can have a separate discussion about Luke doing the whole, like, <laughs> no, it's not, sorry, kid. I know how this turns out. Um, I just love that Kylo doubles down on this decision. It, it is his decision. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel about all that? Uh, did that theme pop out to you, Jennifer? Do you like it? Yes, I do like it. And I think for me, the, this time around, Kylo Ren was actually really scary because... Yes. I saw in that moment with the with the elevator or whatever where he's like bashing the helmet mm-hmm. and he was making his choice where he's like, no, I am committed and I'm going to do this. Obviously, yeah. he doesn't uh, end up killing his mother. Uh, but yeah, that, that I thought was really... He is choosing to be mm-hmm. this evil villain and embrace that. And I love that Rey also felt a sense of calm, a sense of peace that she talks about yeah. in that dark side cave, that she had control, that she could actually get in front of that at the end yeah. of it or whatever she yeah. says, you know? And then she sees herself. Ultimately, <laughs> the answer lies with her. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was that was really great. Yeah, um, and I think, uh, you know, that the great uh, thing with Kylo is... He thinks he's moving on. He's lecturing Ray about, no, 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 you don't get it. We need to let it all go. The Jedi, the Sith, the Rebels, all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and he's not letting go. Yeah. Because right. yeah. he he smashed the helmet. Mm-hmm. Snoke called him out for play acting. Yeah. With that great, <laughs> ri- take that ridiculous <laughs> thing off. Yeah. Which is a, you know, Snoke is such a father figure. It connects yeah. back to Han telling him to take the mask off in yeah. Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And then, but by the end of it, like, the Kylo we knew was kind of trying to impress his various parental figures or prove mm-hmm. them wrong or prove that he was worthy. They're all gone for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. And he's still just, why do you want to rule the galaxy? Yeah. What are you, what are you trying to uh, accomplish? Right. Yeah. Which kind of leads me into the, the next theme that I really loved is just the villains and that their weakness is just fear. Mm. We yes. get that with Hux, that they all have issues with their various father figures. We talked a little bit about Hux. I really like that Snoke is just on purpose this scenery-chewing 
Yeah. Big bad who <laughs> just... Monologuing. Yeah. yeah. I just, I'm so powerful and I'm going to take over the world and I will crush everything. But when you boil down to it, all of his actions that we've seen in these two movies are just, he's scared of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. all right. it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, 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 you know, we don't know why. We don't know where they met and had dinner and things went wrong. We don't know all that stuff. Maybe we'll get that Snoke book, like yeah. you said. But that's why I love that uh, it's not a Wikipedia entry and he's just this big bad. And then that, that is it. He says several times, give me Skywalker. It's all, I thought it was Skywalker. He's obsessed with it, an obsession that, that's based in fear. You're absolutely right. Love that. Yeah. And it just makes it, I think, uh, for me, there are real world echoes and you can take it out whatever direction you want. Uh, I won't get too much into any real-world politics, but I think it is a truth that uh, we see authoritarians. Yeah. We see people who just want to have the most power, the most control, the most money. And sometimes we really want to be, I say, I'll I'll be tolerant, and I'll try to see Mm -hmm. what their perspective is. Right. And I think sometimes it's an empty, craven, pathetic yeah. I just, I'm scared of the world, so I want to control it. Control. So nothing can ever scare me. And I love that this big popcorn science fiction movie mm-hmm. just ripped their masks off and yeah. just said, you're nothing but crying, weak, uh, <laughs> you know. Ineffectual. Ineffectual, yeah. you know, just babies <laughs> being controlled by your fear monologue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 that's why I think in the end of the, the the defeat of Snoke is a big victory for the movie. Yeah. yeah. What, what did you feel about uh, the villains? Oh, I I loved the the shot that we see of Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, where we see you know Luke's lightsaber is ignited, and that look of fear on his face. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I felt so badly for him. I was like, oh no, I can see why he maybe he would turn that way. Uh, but that that was a beautiful moment of fear and vulnerability. And Hux, how he he looked like he was going to cry when he's like, the Supreme Leader is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That, that great comedy moment that's yeah. also totally accurate of like, I'll just shoot I'll Kylo Ren while he's unconscious. Oh my God, yeah. he's awake. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Gleason does, does yeah. do a lot of good things with that. Yeah, that that's definitely, uh, I love I love what's going on yeah. here. And I like that Hux gets to turn that on Kylo Ren with mm-hmm. the, his joke line of, do you think you got him? Yes. Yeah. After that ridiculous <laughs> volley of blaster fire on Luke. Yes. There's some good, that was, so great. There's also awesome. a great comedy in that moment where that guy's like, yes, sir, as you will. <laughs> right away, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think uh, it's almost the mirror of that, that this huge lesson of our heroes is that mm-hmm. uh, weakness can be a strength. Mm. Yes. That was that powerful. acknowledging your weakness can be a way to let go of fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is, oh, you know, you know, how do you control your fear? It's the big theme in all of these Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that was so much what that whole uh, Yoda appearance was about. Yeah. Mm. I love uh, the Yoda thing, as I said. And I love I love this version of Luke Skywalker. And I, I've heard this. And, and please out there, listen, if this if this is you, I'm not, I'm not lobbing a YouTube comment insult at you. No. But I hear a lot, this isn't my Luke Skywalker. Now, I'm, I'm staring across here at someone who grew up idolizing Luke Skywalker. Yeah. More than I was on Solo Guy, you're Luke Skywalker guy. And yeah, you could say that because we're so used to EU stuff. Luke is going to grab his lightsaber. He's going to get in his X-Wing. I love this version of a man burdened by his own name, mm-hmm. burdened by what he viewed as failures and in some way were real failures and how I love the scene with R2. Yes. When R2... Does successfully jog him back into connecting with the Force, which is another great moment. Yeah. That Luke Leia moment when he reconnects with the Force. Um, I, I love all that, but I, I love that uh, that 
when Luke says, I wish I could, buddy, I wish I could make you understand. There's just so much more going on, and it leads to what your theme, the theme of your Luke deciding to do something in his own way. Yep. And we'll talk about his death, but but in terms of failure, so all that in my head, and I'm fa- you guys, I'm I'm still young, but I'm fascinated with old grumpy, <laughs> grumpy guys who are worried about failing in, in their past, and and there's some legitimate failures in Luke's past, and that is realistic to me. Yeah, that is what happens, and I said it. I think it was on Collider. I may have said it here. Sorry if I'm repeating myself, but the Mark Hamill himself, who filled in a lot of the backstory in his own brain, that's not canon, not in a book. It's just here's he had this version of it, and he talked about how you listen to people who were big figures in the late '60s, the Beatles, and he specifically talked about Ringo Starr, saying we were all trying to change the world with peace, love, and hope, and we did, but it didn't work out the way. We lost people along the way. We got lost in the drugs and things. Just it now looking here and I think this might have been an early 80s Ringo I, I forget the time but I'm a big Beatles fan too so this this resonated with me where Ringo's just like it didn't we didn't change the world you know yeah. we didn't we didn't succeed in some ways and and I love that Mark Hamill put that into Luke's perspective of yep I was a legend and this is what it did we're back to almost to where we started I'm a failure with it so when Yoda shows up and I'm sorry I'm monologuing no, like great. Huck's on a, on a ship um, <laughs> when Yoda shows up the first time I'd heard rumors, and I'll be honest with you, Frank Oz was at the premiere, so it was like, you're kind of looking at it going, like, why is he, why is yeah. he here? Why is he here? He didn't voice a candle. Yeah, alien. why is he yeah. here? Yeah. Um, when it shows up, so I get giddy, and I'm lost in the giddiness, but the third time I saw it, that's when I, I actually cried during this scene, because it's so powerful of, of mentorship, of aging. I think it's Anthony Bresnikan from uh, Entertainment Weekly who said, this is the first Star Wars movie that's not just about growing up, it's all about, also about growing old. Mm. And that moment, it has, it's, it's, it's powerful because it's Yoda to Master Yoda and Luke and then Skywalker, I have missed you. It's sweet. But the lesson is is so powerful, and how failure. I I've learned a lot about looking what at, at what my father didn't do in his life versus what he did do, and he's done a lot of great things, and he's a great great man for me to look up to. But I've looked at like how he didn't go pursue certain dreams and everything, and so his lessons of failure might be lessons for me, and then I'll pass it on. You know, so it 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 really struck a chord with me. Yeah, mm. it, yeah, it's super powerful to me on all those real world levels, but on these uh, levels of Star Wars, where I feel like what. Yoda was ultimately saying is like, Luke, you're right. All of us as mentors have failed. I yeah. failed Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan failed Vader. Yeah. You, you failed Kylo in that moment where you became fearful of his power mm-hmm. and ignited your lightsaber, even if you were going to correct yourself. It, but it's this huge mea culpa where Yoda is basically saying, okay, there is a try. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I said, <laughs> right. do or do not. There is right. no try. And I'm admitting there's a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I have basically kind of maybe guilted you mm-hmm. through the decades for leaving Dagobah, leaving yeah. your training because you were too weak because you wanted to run off. But maybe I was wrong, Luke. Yeah. And weakness is okay. And Ray is going to learn her own lesson. She ran off just like you did yeah. in the middle of her training. But it's going to be okay because we just need to. Yeah. Trust her. We need to trust that she'll learn from her mistake. And that's what you taught her. Yeah. That was your third lesson that you didn't get to, maybe. Yeah. Because it doesn't actually get to the third lesson. <laughs> yep. Right. Whatever that is going to be. And that it is a lesson of weakness. Yeah. But I also think, and now this is, this is going deep. Yeah. I feel like in that moment, Yoda gives Luke his heroic mm-hmm. idea yes. of how to face Kylo Ren. He whacks him on the nose with the cane, which is somehow solid, which is yes. amazing. <laughs> and that the, the, you know, always your mind is uh, on the horizon, never mm-hmm. on where you are, what mm-hmm. you're doing, mm-hmm. kind of chiding him for that weakness, but also yeah. saying, like, maybe it's not as bad as I thought, which I think puts in Luke's head 
Mm-hmm. Kylo has my weaknesses too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to be paying attention to what is in front of him. Yeah. And when you watch that great samurai showdown between Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker again, you see all these things that Kylo should see. Right. Yeah. Kylo should know. I just split that lightsaber he's holding in half. Right. Yeah. Why does he have it? Yeah. He's never actually made contact yeah. with me. His, when his foot slide slid on the salt, no, no red appeared. Right. right. So Kylo should have been able to see yeah. what was right in front of him. But his mind was on the horizon. Yeah. Getting into that bunker and wiping out the resistance and wiping out his fear and his weakness. Right. And I want to believe that Luke was like, yeah, yeah <laughs> Kylo's mind is always on the horizon. That's a weakness. And yeah. I can exploit it. Yeah. Wow, love that. That's love great. that. Great. Oh, I love th- this Yoda scene. I felt like I was a kid again, grasping onto Yoda's knowledge and wisdom. I mean, this, this is perfect for perfectionists out there like myself. Right. Uh, <laughs> the, what did he say? The greatest teacher failure is, it acknowledges, like you guys say, that, that we, yeah. you kind of do have to try and, and you know what, you're going to fail. But that's how you learn. Um, I yeah. thought it was a very contemporary message that, we can all learn from. And I also loved how he said, we are what they grow beyond. Mm-hmm. That is the true burden of all masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And acknowledging, like you're saying, Ken, about yeah. growing old and also being a parent. Being a, well, <laughs> yeah. being a parent as well. Yeah. Yeah. Did, it, did, this, oh, did a lot of this geez. resonate with you as a parent with fears of like, I mean, it's we're humans. It's inevitable that parents will let children down in, in key moments, and, and sometimes those moments will be what shapes a person. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's that was that was very that was very deep because you already see seeds of it in in like for me, my two year old daughter, where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shoot, she's already figuring things out. She's two <laughs> steps ahead of me, and she's two. Yeah. Oh no, what is going to happen? But yeah, it was just such a beautiful scene that got me really emotional. Yeah. It it is. It is not just a nostalgia crap. It is not. It no. is not just Yoda kicking his feet and having fun. And I loved, I loved the Page Turner joke. Yeah, and I, I loved, loved him. his whimsy. Yes. Whimsy. It's it's true to Yoda. It's true to Clone Wars Yoda. It's true to like a lot yeah. of the Yoda you see in other things other than Empire and Jedi. And then uh, you know I love the you know going back to the core of. I think I'm convinced. Yeah, he knew Ray took the books, so that's why he was a little yeah destroy this thing, whatever this means. Yeah, and if and if people listening are not entirely cut out, they're missed it. Ray, yeah. Ray distinctly has has the, the books, the, an ancient sacred Jedi text. Mm. Those are. Jedi <laughs> um, I love that. And I love that uh, there's a little bit for me, like Lucas talks about the, one of the prequel themes we always talk about is trusting, be careful to trust large organizations, even if it's something that's good. And I think if you look at the Jedi as a religion, as Luke refers to it as, uh, just kind of Yoda going, uh, telling Luke, like, just go to the core of what we are, man. Don't worry about those books. Don't worry about all this. What's the core of what we're here for? And I thought that was a powerful moment for yeah. as well. Yeah, and I like that he specifically chides him about passing on what you have learned. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. that, isn't that the last thing I told you to do is pass on what you have learned? And, yeah. and he's kind of joking with me. Also, like, I think you kind of have to, Ray. You, you've yeah. Shown her that it's a responsibility. You've shown her that you know it needs yeah. to be treated with respect. Yeah. But I want to talk about. Uh, I'm jumping around a little bit on my notes, but yeah. I want to talk about passing on what you have learned. Yeah, mm. because I think uh, it's easy to focus on everything that's going on with Luke and uh, Ray, mm-hmm. uh, but there's also so much going on with uh, you know Snoke and Kylo and Leia and yeah. Poe. And what did you guys think of the general idea of passing on what you have learned? That's so clear with uh, Poe and Leia. Mm-hmm. It's very clear because it needs to be again talking about growing up and mentorship and all that stuff. And and I loved it. And and there's been some some of this has already been dealt with with Poe in the comics and, and books. But 
guess what? Most of the people don't read them, so they needed <laughs> to really replay it again, um, and that's okay. Um, so I love how it worked out, and I loved uh, I loved the Leia as kind of the the mother of this new rebellion. And again, knowing whether they knew or not that this, she was going to have to pass it on to a new generation that they need. I love the line, "Dead heroes, no leaders." Yeah, I love the line because Poe. Because Poe is us in that moment. Yeah, we saw Paige die. We saw, we know this is up. They took out the Dreadnought. Yeah, and I love that because that's, that's Star Wars. That's yeah. Star Wars. And I love that shot of Leia just looking over at the red, knowing that those are souls that have died yes. and, and the cost of that. And that is, it, so it really, really worked for me. And Holdo type ties into that lesson as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I loved it. And Poe's pose a leader now. Don't look at me. Look at him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. How did you feel about it? Yeah, it was kind of bittersweet because I knew that it was not just in story, but it's also like for the future of Star Wars as well, is passing this on to this next generation of characters, Poe, Ray, Finn, Kylo, whoever. And it's it's coming to terms with that. That was that was mm-hmm. kind of hard for me. Especially, I mean, even though I had peace with with Luke being gone, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is gonna be all of our heroes are, are gone, yeah. you know? No more Han, yeah. no more Leia. How did you no. feel, uh, in terms of passing on what you have learned, obviously Ryan Johnson has said explicitly that everything that happens with Leia is what was going to happen. Right. Nothing mm-hmm. was, was retooled. But uh, I know I have uh, rattled the saber for wanting Leia's character to continue, maybe, maybe even if that meant recasting. Yeah. But now that I've seen The Last Jedi... It is both uh, a triumph and heartbreaking to me that I feel like Leia's story could have continued, Mm -hmm. but she did everything that she wanted to do. Yes. She found Luke. She relit the spark of hope. Yep. She passed on love and learning to Poe and Rey. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't saying, the next time we run into Kylo, I can turn him back to Ben. She was just like, it's it's okay that he's gone. He's gone. And Luke gives her that little bit of hope of... You know, nope. no one's ever really gone, oh, which is also no. just like, yeah, he, he might as well just turn to the camera and say, everyone cry now yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for all of your yeah. different reasons. But I, I feel like her arc was complete. And now I think mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure of what I'm going to say next. I think <laughs> I can be okay with the crawl of episode nine being uh, that she General Organa has become one with the force. Yeah, you know? um, and maybe even if it begins with a funeral, I don't know if that will happen. But yeah, I because remember we kept hearing them saying Ryan, everyone saying we we the, the we didn't need to change anything, and then we yeah. we we also know Leia was supposed to be the fo- the focus of nine. Right. Mark Hamill said this. I absolutely think I, I understand now exactly what you're saying. It's like no, this this actually works. Unfortunately. So sad. It actually works, and I don't think uh, I don't think the character because your big thing about the recast, which convinced me to kind of get in your camp of yeah, recast this character out of respect for Leia, the character that yeah. means so much to a generation. If her story's incomplete, we need to finish it. That is the crux of your argument. Yeah. That is so well of why I think like Annette Benning would have been a great Leia, but but we we just don't need to. It ended there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's and it it's just the reality of life. And that's part of what we have to learn, too, yeah. <laughs> as fans. Can't yeah. change that, unfortunately. Do you yeah. feel ready after seeing this to let go of the character of Leia? Yes. I think that it was... I mean, I was worried that we were not going to see enough of her. And I thought, well, what are they going to do in Nine? How are they going to finish her story? That's where you, uh, as well, turned me to... Yeah, okay, I could be okay with recasting. But, but her storyline was so complete. She had accomplished, like you said, everything that she wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I felt peace and purpose. And so, yeah, you know, much it's, like Luke. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think, I don't know how they'll handle it in nine, funeral, mm-hmm. crawl, but I think it's okay. Yeah. 
layer to rest. And, and as far as Snoke passing on and to, to Kyle and everything, what what is so awesome for me? What I don't know. What why eight? I heard I heard someone saying it, and I, this is my own little bitter moment. Like I've never seen a sequel to a, a middle part of a trilogy get me less excited for the final chapter. And I'm like, what? Well, then I don't know what movie you saw. Yeah. I just don't know what movie you saw because what I love. As I have no I much remember I kept saying and we kept saying here like I can't predict the ending of episode eight I don't know what I'm seeing even after the trailers I don't know those what's going to go well guess what but it's because Ryan has completely said you don't know what nine's about God bless JJ and Chris oh, Terrio they got to write this yeah but you don't know it is not this throne room scene should should have been in nine if they followed the formula yep. you know they what I mean broke the formula they broke yes. the formula nine is wide open what Luke is saying the Jedi will go on the re- rebellion because remember they switch the resistance is turned in the rebellion again because the first order is now in control so now, now in it's control a rebellion. Um, yeah. it is I'm more excited for nine than I thought I would be because I have no idea and Kylo has no mentor now yep mm-hmm. the mentor is himself and he just the only people he has around him is bitter angry people yeah uh yeah I mean if the trailer for episode nine comes out you mm-hmm. know middle of next year and it's just the same shot of Luke saying the war is just beginning and I yeah. am not the last Jedi I'll be like greatest trailer ever for episode <laughs> nine right there that, right. that's that's good for me right. yeah um I want to talk a little bit about legends because that's so much yes. a huge theme and I think one of the most powerful to me because it goes along with weakness and it's okay mm-hmm. to fail is that luke is so angry at the jedi mm-hmm. that's his second lesson of like the legend of the jedi has mm-hmm. obscured their failure mm-hmm. yes he doesn't want to be a legend uh yeah. because he's 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 I, i'm weak and i've failed and look at me uh, drink milk that's it um we also get that with finn where rose mm-hmm. has turned finn into yeah. a legend oh, yeah. immediately we get that with just the sense of dynasty that yep. anyone with skywalker blood is therefore gonna be yeah. a legend um mm-hmm. and i really love mm-hmm. what i feel like the end moment of the film is is that uh what luke doesn't realize is no one can be a legend to themselves but you are yeah. a legend for other people yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I like that. Yes. I was going to also say Ray's line about maybe the galaxy needs a legend, but I need you, which is another different take on that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're right. This, which goes to your point, you, you said it so well. Because um, even <laughs> as we're recording, I've got Twitter up, and I'm just seeing some responses about why. How could Kylo not recognize it's the lightsaber and everything? I'm going to have to send him to this because you're so right. Luke is projecting what the galaxy needed to say. He right. even the laser sword joke early in the movie is he is giving you what you want. Because that's what the galaxy needs, but there's stuff playing on behind it. Yeah, it's it's powerful. And stuff he's there. U- instead of I think he's using that lightsaber, maybe even to test Kylo or to throw yeah. him. Not test, probably not right, but to throw him. Yeah. Up. But it's it's the hero's blade. It's yeah. the blade that Ray doesn't know what to do with. Yeah, you know, it is the the blade that has done good. It is blade that has done bad. It is a blade that's legendary. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, his green lightsaber is cool and I love it and it's my favorite lightsaber. That yeah. hilt design, amazing. We got to see but it a little bit. That, yeah, and we got to see it a little bit in the yeah. most surprising yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. But that, that, that's the hero's blade. Yeah. That's myth. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And it's tough, Jennifer, to keep, uh, you know, when you have a name and a reputation and all eyes on you, that, as we've seen in pop culture, can be a weighty, weighty issue, weighty thing on your so- shoulders. So I love that Luke felt the weight of that. Yes, and I loved that it, it also played outside of the story with with Mark Hamill and how we have kind of 
well, he is a, a major celebrity. And yeah. it's like, well, I'm just, no, I'm struggling with things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I, I loved that. And I loved how he projected himself as a younger version. Yeah, this idealized version. Exactly, yeah. which is what people needed. That spark to give people hope. Because we needed it too as an audience. Because yeah. when he walks in, all the signs are there immediately. Because that's the Luke that we saw six years ago in the flashbacks. And I'm right. like, oh, those caretakers got a great hairstyling program <laughs> yeah. there. That's great. And I bought in. We as Me fans. Uh, you know, God bless Steel. Ignite the green hashtag. All that we all needed this hero moment. And like you said, Joseph, we got it. It just wasn't what we thought. It was what we needed, not what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And that is that is sometimes hard to take, which is why I love it even more. And, and this idea of... Of of playing with the legends, the big three. I yeah, I'm disappointed when I see Han and Luke and Leia on the big screen again. I get it, but this story that they're telling is much more powerful than what I than what I wanted. Yeah, you know? it's so great because it is the wisdom of a Jedi master. He says to to Yoda, Luke's, mm-hmm. like, "I can't be what she needs me to be," mm-hmm. and then yes. obviously he thinks about, "Oh wait." I have a clever way that I can be what she in the rest yeah. of the galaxy needs me to be. He goes to rescue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Yeah, he's rescuing his sister again. You know, <laughs> he's rescuing Ray. Oh, and just the fist pumping. Yeah, sh- just shut down of all of Kylo's beliefs. Mm. Yes, of like you're just you're you know you cut down your father in anger and he's going to be with you always. Did you really win? <sighs> I love that. that was See great. you later, kid. Oh, my God. And yeah. the dice, too. When he yeah. goes to Leia and he hands her the dice, kind of the legend of Han Solo yeah. was in that moment as well. Yeah. <gasps> it was a touching tribute and it meant yeah. something. And and so I want to talk about, uh, get back to the themes here, but this question I really, really want to talk to you guys, just breaking down little moments. At what point do you re- think that Leia realized Luke wasn't there? Because I, I think she oh, has that realization. Sure, sure. Yeah, I have to rewatch the film for yeah. for to really see. There's a couple what moment that is, and it's I, a fan thing because you know maybe Carrie Fisher was like I don't know I, he wasn't there I don't know or Ryan Johnson will tell you uh, she never did or she knew me. But there's if you want to really break it down in that Star Wars nerd bubble way, I I think there's a couple candidates for moments. Sometimes it might I think it's when the dice get in her hand, mm. and there's a reason only her Leia uh, her, Leia Luke and Kylo really see or interact with the dice. Yeah. And I think there's that moment when he touches her face and there's like a, her eyes kind of open up. I think she's like, he's not, this isn't here. This yeah. isn't here. And this, this is a connection because remember, they've been reconnected now through the force. Right. That's why Luke turned on the power and she feels it that somehow it's almost like because she's there, he's able to be there, if that makes sense. Because I don't understand yeah. this new force power or not new or this new, this thing we're seeing that's new. Um, so I don't know. That's fun. Watch it again. When you see it again, I want to see if we can pick if there's a moment in our head yeah. canon. Is I it the kiss? So. Yeah. On the, the, kiss the lovely face. kiss on the head. Oh, yeah, sure, the sure. Yeah. I think certainly by the point where she's staring and, you know, he's getting fired upon, at that moment, she, I, I felt like she kind of yeah. knew that he wasn't there. That he was okay. Yeah. yeah. That he had something more clever up his sleeve. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. just in pure nerdery mm-hmm. of the force power, I just feel like it is, it's the most massive, impressive mind trick. Mm-hmm. You know, and mind tricks are only supposed to yeah. work on the weak minded, but instead it's just this connection to I'm connecting to everyone in this massive area yeah, yeah. is yeah amazing mm. uh so the last theme is a this is me walking way out to the edge of that cliff on octu <laughs> of what was really powerful to me is the mm. theme but just the idea of the horizon mm-hmm. and the sunset mm. uh literally the plot is the resistance that radis ship yes just trying to get to the next horizon mm-hmm. just trying to escape so many of the lessons that Poe and Finn are learning of like sometimes just run. Yeah. You just need to get to that next horizon. 
You got those callbacks to Luke staring off into the twin suns. And is that a mistake to be looking at what's next? Mm. Or is that, can that give you power to think, just say like, I don't want to be in the moment. I want to be looking to the future and I want to go there. And then the film has some specific moments where it strengthens that mm-hmm. in that montage of life and death on, on the island. Yeah. The sun is used for an example of warmth. Right. Mm-hmm. The water is cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. that quote that Holdo passes on from Leia to Poe mm-hmm. about hope is that it, having it, it's easy to have hope when the sun is out, but if yeah. you don't have hope, when the sun is gone, you won't make it through the night. So really yeah. reconnecting to that. And then, of course, just Luke realizing mm. it's okay for me to go into the horizon, yeah. mm. to go into the warmth of the sun. I did what I had to do. I passed on what I have learned. Yeah. And now I am ready to go to the horizon yeah. free of guilt, yeah. free yeah. of responsibility, and just become one with the horizon. It It is whew, it's deep. Uh, it's why I love this this passing of Luke, Jennifer, where'd you come down oh on this? Oh my gosh. Well, in that moment, that, that did me in with the twin sons. And I just was mm-hmm. like, I did not expect for him though to, to pass on in that moment. And mm-hmm. when he did, I was upset. It took my breath away, but I, what, it wasn't like with Han where I was like, no, no. You mm-hmm. know, if he had been taken out by Kylo Ren, that would have been, it would have gutted me. Yeah. But I was like, no, he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. And he did what he was supposed to do for us fans as well. I yeah. felt. Well, yeah. First viewing, uh, he says, see you around kid. I'm like, and my, I literally pump, I'm sitting next to Mark, Mark Ellis and Christian Olaf and I, Mark Ellis and I are doing like he lives he's living and then we're like oh oh so I had this like whoa man why'd you have to know like why'd you have to do that but then um in thinking about it not even seeing it again I have this is I asked myself this question and this is a legitimate question I'd sit on a Sunday afternoon and ask myself that's why we work (laughs) in a Star Wars media world I said how how would I wanted to have Luke die, knowing that it, he has to die in eight or nine at some point. It, that's not surprising in itself. I don't think any of us were surprised by the idea of Luke dying. Um, how? How would I want it? How would I want Luke Skywalker to die? Well, is it igniting the green and fighting, pulling an Obi-Wan, which he did, but on a massive level, but yeah. pulling a small level, I'm going to survive, I'm going to kill my, get killed so you guys can survive, which is echoed here. Yeah. Um, getting in an X-Wing. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we saw his X-Wing. I want to see more of that. Getting in his two-seater A-Wing, flying around, and getting shot out of the sky. How would I wanted Luke to have died? I could not have written anything like this. I couldn't have conceived of him going out this way, which is why it's such a victory for me. Mm-hmm. Because it is, as Ray says, the, the peace and purpose. It is Luke doing, again, echoing Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. It is literally yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's buying time for them to escape. Buying time for them for to the escape. Rebels to escape. That is the same moment. He's echoing. And, and the Legend of Luke Skywalker book, which you've talked about, is, is not my favorite read, but it, it got some great it got some great lessons. And one of them is echoes in the past. Uh, deeds in the past will echo in the future. I'm probably misquoting it. And Luke learns a valuable lesson of sacrifice. He and this biology student are only saved because uh, someone sacrifices these three mistweavers. Jedi sacrifice yeah. themselves for them to escape. And that is what this was about. So all that then, and then it comes this moment where how would I want Luke to die? Cut in half by a lightsaber, shot out of the sky, or sitting peacefully and painfully on a rock and seeing the visions of the twin sons echoing how this journey started as it finished. That Ryan Johnson is the way I needed Luke to die. Thank you for giving that to me, because I didn't know. Amen. I didn't know. Amen. You know? Yeah. I, I think for me the huge thing is Luke Skywalker didn't die 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. He became one with the force. Yes. You know, of oh, yeah. yes. his own oh, volition. God. So powerful. Yes. Uh, so those were the, the themes I wanted to look at. I also mentioned a couple times uh, throughout, I love the from a certain point of view theme through all of the Star Wars films, prequels, originals, and I think it is alive and present in lots of fun ways yes. in this movie as well. But uh, yeah. those were the main themes I wanted to look at, and I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more. Yeah, without a doubt, here in Force Center, we're going to be unpacking The Last Jedi for, for a little bit. I'm sure we'll come up, uh, yeah, my spotlight star, Wars, uh, we're going to have some fun databank brawls, uh, Star Wars ranked. We'll do the the ranked of the best moments and the best oh, ships. Yeah. We'll do all of that because all of that was here, which is why I think this movie was a victory. But the themes were really, really just powerful, powerful stuff. And that's powerful. <laughs> but that's what Star Wars should be. It is the hero's journey. It is Lucas looking at uh, Joseph Campbell's uh, archetype and going, all right, how do I put that in a, in a space story? How do I uh, take the stuff that's done before me and tell it for a new generation? How do I tell this to the 12-year-old on the verge of growing up? And this movie delivers that in a massive, massive successfully way to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's got some fun little moments, too. We miss, missing in action. There were some things not there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, as I was making my notes, I was like, hey, uh, and I think a couple of them are there, but in just different, really unexpected ways. Uh, so I had written down Temin Snap Wexley, but then I went to the Google machine, and right. uh, I haven't caught this, but uh, somebody, I read an article that s- says that uh, Snap Wexley is on that first that transport that gets away from the Dakar base at the last minute, the one that uh, Cato okay. Connix, Lieutenant Connix, Connix Billy Lord, uh, uh, yeah, Carrie Fisher's daughter, is on, that he is in the background. Oh. Yeah. Which, okay. You know, this hmm. brutal, brutal uh, destruction of the resistance mm-hmm. that becomes the baby rebellion, uh, you know, baby ends rebellion. up with, you know, starts with however many people on Dakar and ends right. up with enough to fit in the Falcon. And I didn't see Greg Gunberg. Yeah, I mean, and he's, he's yeah. look, he's definitely not listed anywhere. Maybe it's un, it's uncredited. Uh, uh, I mean, Gary the dog is uncredited as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, I just looked at it as uh, not, not an oversight, but just something that's like, eh, you know, we fell in love. I, I love Snap. I actually do love Snap Wex, and I love uh, Jess Pava, uh, yeah. which is what Jessica Henswick, Henswick, I'm saying her name, she's for Game of Thrones as well. And I think that her not being included in there was weird to me, though I like Tally, the new, uh, yeah. though she, her, her, her journey is short. Um, but uh, I think they're just shooting, you know, shooting schedules, that kind of stuff works in. I think I think we'll see Snap in nine. You think he'll come JJ's in? JJ's yeah. back in charge. Right. Snap, but the other yeah, thing is, right. Snap is a, a character in Force Awakens that, you know, you, it could have been anyone. But the, the, the history of the character is so well written into new canon that he's, he, is an impo- he is kind of a wedge to me. So he's yeah. important enough to be there. Do you want to see him swinging back into action in episode nine, Jennifer? Or could you yeah. care less? <laughs> no, I mean, I, because J.J. is directing it. He's got Greg Grunberg has to be back. <laughs> yeah. In some yeah. form or fashion. So. Yeah, it's, it's easy to say, hey, we, we went this way. We sent Snap this way to yeah. find somebody like right. there. Um, all right. So then this, uh, this, this thing that uh, now has been corrected by Ryan Johnson himself uh we all had the reaction uh us three and, and others of well this movie didn't have i've got a bad feeling about this right yeah and it i did. wondered if it was hidden somewhere it was it hidden is mm-hmm. that so where where was it Kim? i do believe i have to see ryan johnson tweeted out yesterday or the 14th uh it's in there he said <laughs> and, uh, and i do believe it is bb8 at the beginning of the movie when poe says happy beeps happy beeps and leia says i happen to agree i agree with the droid here poe i think 
BB-8 is the one who says it right there. I got bad. How do you sense. how do you feel about BB-8 having a bad feeling, Jennifer? Uh, I lo- I loved BB-8's role in this film. He, they gave him so much more to do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was like amazing. He was unstoppable. He was yeah. unstoppable. I love that little droid. Uh, but yeah, gosh, now I, now we'll watch it again tonight, and I will yeah. look for that line. Did you have a favorite BB-8 moment? Um, Out of all of his relatively violent oh, adventures, when he was in the walker, like, yeah, that, yeah. oh my gosh! Um, and of course, uh, well, even when he's like having the, the humorous moment where he's trying to plug the, what, what is it? Not plug the holes, but you yeah. Know, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I, that's actually my favorite BB. Control he, the sparks, yeah. yeah. When he just like yeah. screw it, I got to put my head in this thing. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I think my favorite moment is the super fan detail of Ray uh, commenting on his new antenna. That she had oh, previously yeah. fixed in yes. The Force Awakens. <laughs> Looks great. Yeah, yeah. That whole sequence was that very was good. Fan. Was uh, and the last one is that uh, it is super in the conjecture Star Wars bubble thing that a lot of people are excited about, mm. expected to hear, see more about is the Knights of Ren. Mm. Yeah. So they did not physically appear. My take was that when Luke says uh, that Kylo killed some of the students and took some of them, yeah. that mm-hmm. those are the Knights of Ren. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of people, a lot of people on Twitter and the. Way only people on Twitter can do. Just get really upset that the Knights of Ren aren't in there. And my question is, is why? Yeah. Why? Why do you feel you need the Knights of Ren? I think it's because there was a leak. Remember, there was a leak. There was a big battle. This is one of the the spoiler leaks I thought I knew early on that I tried to ignore. And I'm so glad it's not true that the Knights of Ren fight Luke on a on a cruiser, like a almost like an ocean liner type of thing. And there's a big fight. And no, that turns into just a Canto bite sequence. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You know. And I'm. Okay with it, so I don't know. Jen, that's right, and I think they'll. Yeah. I think they'll factor in a nine. We're Absolutely. not done with them, Absolutely. but I don't think we needed it in an eight. No, I don't think so. In fact, it wasn't until after the movie where I was like, "Oh yeah, the Knights of Ren. Whatever happened to them?" But that's a great catch about the about his fellow students, or mm-hmm. his peers, recruiting them for his cause. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Well, so, look, look I, one of the big questions is how much time will be between eight and nine, right? And that that. Lead lens. Some fun theories. I have a theory that this is this allows us to bring Lando back. Blah blah blah. All the stuff. But I think Ooh. yeah, you, you, between that uh, eight and nine, you might get some Kylo in the Knights of Ren wrecking shop around the galaxy as they take control or something like that. You'll see it. You'll see your precious Knights of Ren. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, JJ invented him. And he's coming back. Yeah. Oh, and as far right. as the Lando thing, here's my one thing. Lando, yeah, please. Uh, there's some real world aspects of I, Billy D's. Uh, doing well, but he he's he's not you know much like Carrie Fisher you know you notice she's sitting a lot in this movie it's just kind of though I love she's shooting that blaster yeah that's yeah. got that blaster going yes. um, Billy D is uh, is older man he's uh, mid seventies not in as, as great shape as Harrison Ford was around the same age here now uh, so there's some realities of you just can't put a lot on Billy D but the can- character of Lando um, which is coming back in the young in the Han Solo movie. I think a factor in. Here's why. Here's my theory. Here's okay. my little theory. Seven and eight, now that we've seen them and put them all together, they are a matter of weeks at most. Yeah. Days, possibly. Yeah. We don't know how long Ray was on Dakar before she took off to find Luke. I think it's got to be days. Seems like days. You know, could be hang out a couple weeks. I don't know. But enough to find an outfit, take a shower, grab Chewy and R2 and head out, right? It was not long enough to meet Poe. Right. 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 Though, unless you read the novel, it's a different discussion. Um <laughs> So I think it's a matter of days. So when they're saying they're calling out for help and no one's answering, much like uh, Gondor not hearing, uh, or Rohan not hearing the calls of Gondor at first, and it takes a while for the king of Gondor, uh, or, excuse me, the king of Rohan to be like, Rohan will answer. I think you could have N9 Lando show up and be like, I heard you need me. Yeah. Mm. You know? And I think there's still, still a way. There's still a way, Lando, for nine. 
Yeah, I, I think like so. That would be pretty cool if he answered that call. Yeah. By the way, I think that call was cool that, to the Outer Rim that, to support the uh, Leia is uh, uh, mm-hmm. admired. Yeah. Because they have that great line about uh, people admire Leia, people will come for Leia. Yes. They didn't come for Leia. Yeah. Because she has to be a person. Yeah. Because she's a, I, she's does, you know, she's a dutiful person. Yeah. They came for Luke, the legend. Right. Yes. That's so cool. Right. Absolutely. Sad, sad for Leia, but cool. Uh, yeah. So I think those are the only uh, sort of things that I was like, way, way, I was really expecting that. Where was it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot there. Uh, any funny, final details? There's a lot to discuss. Like I said, this is not the last we'll be discussing The Last Jedi here on the Force Center podcast feed. But with you guys, anything lingering right now? No. I mean, well, yes, I'm sure that there is. I can't. This this film, I cannot wait to see it again and again. Each time I watch it, I know I'm going to notice something different, enjoy yeah. something different. And that's that's really, to me, it's really exciting. Can yeah. I? Can we share your notebook <laughs> with, <laughs> yes. notebook. with the audience? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I asked Jennifer, because uh, she's a note taker is like hey do you have any notes she's like i just have this entire notebook that <laughs> like in like lois lane in the 1940s you were just scrawling like an intrepid reporter during your second viewing of the movie right yes i, I don't it. know why i took so many notes uh but it's all you know actually i'm looking at it it's pretty, it's pretty good pretty good is it yeah. mostly just like things that happened that you wanted to remember because you had a yes. couple of great pulls of specific lines i wanted specific lines i wanted specific like the hasians the hasians smelt yeah I jotted yeah. that down quickly <laughs> of course everything yoda um names things like that or moments where i was like how am i feeling in this moment where mm, i'm seeing mm-hmm. this oh right so i could literally capture that yeah um and yeah so <laughs> and just kind of freeze really it in dorky. time that's awesome yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. I think the only last thing that I wanted to mention is because uh, it's just, I mean, we talked big themes. We can talk a little bit of Star Wars nerdery. I loved all of the scenes on the Falcon at the yeah. end mm. because it seemed like uh, Ryan Johnson is the thoughtful, brilliant guy, mm. but he's also like, oh, hey, here, here's your Chewie. Lay a hug yep. that you were yep. concerned about. Yeah. Oh, there's a question of whether or not Ray and Poe met. Here you go. Oh, yeah. she took the books, so don't worry about that. The books exist. The books exist. Yeah. She made this very specific connection with BB-8. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just love that it was like um, was this like nerd addendum. <laughs> yeah. It works right. emotionally, but also every beat was like, Here, here's yeah. what you're going to wonder about. Here's what you're concerned about. Here yeah. are those moments. Right. That's why I've heard some, some again, some criticism of Orion just ignored everything JJ did. No, he didn't, man. He, he, you know, you ever play that game where you start a sentence and you write it down, you pass it on to the next person like a party game. Yeah. You know, you complete the story. That's all Ryan did, but he, he paid attention. He's a giant Star Wars fan. He is a giant. This feels, uh, you know, I, I, I've had the chance to meet, I met him at the premiere, shook his hand. Um, he allegedly watches Jedi Council, trying to get him to listen to Force Center. Ryan, listen to Force Center. Um, but I, I don't know. One of my friends went to college with him. It oh. still communicates to him to this day. Te- text with him at the premiere as Ryan was getting to go on stage to introduce. My friend's texting with him. Yeah. Ryan is the biggest Star Wars fan around. So this idea that he doesn't know the lore, doesn't respect what Luke Skywalker does. Hogwash, I say. Like I'm a 1920s uh, uh, proprietor of a bar. Um, it, he the, he nailed it on so many ways because he also took it to a different direction. Yeah. And that's what I love. I mean, I think it's always, I always go on about the old and the new. And I think sometimes when we, we read our books, we read our comics, and I'm, I'm certainly mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in, in, mm. including us in this that yep. we get set in our like we know Star Wars we've memorized everything mm-hmm. and you can get a little locked in the old and I think Star Wars has always been mm-hmm. a big mix of the new too George Lucas blew everybody's faces off with the prequels in good and bad ways because yeah. they were the new mm-hmm. and Ryan Johnson is just continuing that proud tradition 
of building one sandcastle and kicking over another at yeah. the same time. One of my favorite uh, rock star singer-songwriter Ryan Adams, uh, has released, he releases a lot of albums. He's very prolific. And, and he, he was interviewed one time, and he said, there's this phenomenon. Every time I release an album, people say, it sucks, it's not like the last one. And then the next one comes out, and they say, this one sucks, it's not as good as the last one. <laughs> yep. And the next one comes out, it sucks, it's not as good as the last one. Uh, that's what I'm seeing, a little bit of that phenomenon. Overall, if you're listening to Force Center, generally, we I think we attract a certain type of... of well-rounded Star Wars fan. I've been exposed to very bad portions of the internet this final week um, with the being front and center on the Last Jedi discussions on, on Collider and everything like that. We have Collider fans, uh, core fans are great, but I've been exposed to some really, it's made me grumpy at times this you, week. Collider exists on YouTube and YouTube yeah. has a, a noted problem of people who uh, yeah. express themselves with anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not even sometimes about the opinion, it's about the choice to say, I didn't like this, so I'm going right. to express that in a hateful way. And most of them I can toss aside because it's hate. Yeah. <laughs> Suffering, mm-hmm. um, but there's some things, and this is one thing, and I'll say, and I, and I don't mean to be direct and insulting anyone listening, but I hear a lot about Last Jedi didn't answer my questions. It is not your questions that needed to be answered. It was Ryan Johnson's, it was Lucasfilms, and it was these character questions. They just got answered, not how you had prepared and made 42 videos about. And that's, and I, I had someone say back to me, and I don't mean I, maybe it's a slightly insult. Well, in my video, I talked about well. That's great you made your video. Ryan Johnson made his movie. Yeah. And that's why I love this thing at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. It is a thing of beauty. Uh, Snoke was not a question that was raised by the movie. He was a (laughs) big evil guy, and then he got cut in half by the hero's blade. (laughs) Done. That's it. End End of story. Maybe there'll be a book, too, and I'd read that, and that would be fine. Yeah, I mean, look, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Is Snoke that big evil that the Emperor felt out in the outer regions? Just Snoke, no Thrawn? I absolutely want to know, but I didn't need to hear it here. And I, I, I maybe thought I wanted to, but now I realize I don't. All right, I don't want to end it on kind of a grumpy down note. Internet, I love you. But more importantly, <laughs> I love everyone in the Force Center listening audience. You guys are so great. That's why I call uh, I call this my little pool of joy, both getting to discuss this with Joseph and Jennifer, who understand Star Wars even better than I could ever, and, and have an ability to talk about it in a wonderful discussion, la- uh, wonderful way. This discussion of Last Jedi will go on. It is uh, taking this weird public turn, uh, as, as all movies and a lot of things, when you're trying to discuss in life um it's it's it, it's taken on this life and zone but but we're here for you guys if you have a question uh joseph we we're going to do but banks and star wars counseling might be our most important show going into 2018 <laughs> yes i've gotten a lot of requests already uh and if you're just discovering force center you know know this is our main show and we have a bunch of different uh, uh podcasts uh including we do one called star wars counseling where uh try to talk through things that bug you about Star Wars and try to bring you to the light and offer a different point of view where it's something positive. So uh, we're going to be taking a lot of questions just for the main show, and I'll be collecting grievances. Now, I'll I'll want those grievances to be nice and specific. Uh, A grievance, I didn't like that movie, or the humor was bad. Those those are too broad, so give Mm -hmm. me specific ones, but I just want to assure people we we didn't take any questions for this episode because we had so many thoughts, but uh, we will be putting out the calls for general questions about The Last Jedi and grievances for The Last Jedi, and we are going to love getting deep, deep into them with you, our listeners. 
Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, as we lead up to Solo and a little bit of a longer wait to Episode 9. We're going to be here with you guys. You can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is the Force Center Podcast. Find it. Like it there. We have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center, including the new shirt, I Heart Murder Bears. I've been wearing that out and about and on shows, and people have <laughs> been asking me about it. That's where you can get it. Our podcast is available on Podomatic. That includes Podomatic Mobile, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And don't forget... Patreon, Joseph, we got some goals there. That's right. We are on Patreon, and we're very close to our next two goals. Uh, one is to do an audio commentary of one of the Star Wars movies, and we'll let uh, people vote on which one it is, and also to record some new theme music for our shows. Tony Thaxton, a great musician, just did a new theme a little while back for Databank Brawl, and we love it. So uh, go visit us there. Uh, we would love any amount that you can spare, of course, but we love small contributions, $1, $2. There was a little bit of upset set in Patreon world where they were going to charge Mm. fees and make those lesser levels not very attractive and Patreon just saw the light side. (laughs) The illusion of Master Skywalker appeared before them and said, you don't want to do this, kid. And they listened. So they rolled back. So if you heard about some disturbance in the Patreon force, uh, that is gone. Gone. So feel free to support us at that $1 or $2 level, which we really find ideal. Uh, You can find out about all of that at patreon.com slash force center. Absolutely, and we uh, have got our own stuff going on. Jennifer, I know you're preparing your video review on your YouTube channel. Yes, I am. You can see that on YouTube.com slash Jennifer Landa. My long review, uh, I'm editing it right now, so it'll be up tonight, Saturday night. Um, I'm also partnering with Lego, and they will finally be releasing my first uh, DIY video with them, so that will be out shortly as well. I'm on Twitter at Jennifer Landa. Great. Joseph Scrimshaw, I know as we approach the end of the holiday season, you have some great comedy shows based around the holidays. Yeah. Uh, I've got a live episode of my podcast, Obsessed, that I'll be doing in Minnesota on December 22nd. Uh, here in Los Angeles, I am doing a New Year's Eve show. Uh, it's called Game Night. It's a variety show I do with my friend Angela M. Weber of the Double Clicks. It's going to have comedy. It's going to have music. It's going to have emotional catharsis. Uh, that is at the Nerd Melt Showroom. And then also in the new year, January 13th, I will be a part of the big comedy festival, SF Sketchfest. My podcast is doing a live episode of... Uh, Obsessed is doing a live episode about cats and dogs, just about being <laughs> almost a little too into cats and dogs. So uh, you can find out information on all of that at my website, which is josephscrimshaw.com. And of course, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram in particular is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack. I have the uh, podcast, The Knapsack Files. You can uh, find that at the same places that uh, Force Center is available. I also do my work over on Collider. Uh, if you're listening because you just found me from there and it's uh, Star Wars time, welcome. Welcome to Force Center. This is your home. Guys, that is it for now. Much more to talk about in the new Star Wars galaxy. We'll see you next time.